And welcome to episode two. I guess you can call it episode two. Uh, it's episode two this time of uh, General <laughs> Geekery. I am Brian. And I'm always, as always, with JD. Hello. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I was looking. I think we we had, like, close to 30 episodes of the original Gener- General Geekery, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, and uh, and uh, we had close to 30 listens for a couple of them. No, I'm kidding. There, were, there was well over 70 listens for a couple of them. Those may have been accidental downloads, though. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, well, uh, um, I think we'll do a little better but, with today's show, though. Oh, I think so. I, I think our listening audience, at least for this episode, might increase by at least twice because we have a special guest on, don't we? Yes, we do. All right. Welcome to General Geekery, Star Wars and Crimson Dynamo and Star Trek author John Jackson Miller. Hey, how's it going? Hang on, I gotta geek out for a second. I can't believe I'm actually talking to you. Hang yeah, on, this I, is, I gotta recover just for, just for a second here. This this is amazing. Yeah, this is pretty good, pretty pretty amazing for us. I mean, I think the the best we did with our previous uh, podcast was we had one of the uh, Paramount uh, Star Wars action figure customizers on. Uh, he's he spoke at uh, um, one of the celebrations. I think celebration six maybe about two years ago so i think that's a that's uh definitely the biggest that we've had celebrity wise so yeah i don't know how much of a celebrity i am but (laughs) well in our circle it's like you're a published author who has an actual book in the canon for star wars out there so yeah that that, that's that that's pretty big Um, and uh and as the author of one of my very favorite Star Wars books ever. This is huge for me because let's put it this way. For the longest time, about 18 years, Shadows of the Empire was my favorite ever Star Wars story. And then in 2014, it got a little bit of competition from Kenobi. And I never thought that would happen. I had never, the, 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 the dozens, the hundreds of other Star Wars books I read, none of them came close to Shadows for me. And then I read Star Wars Kenobi, and it all changed. Well, I'm glad you dug it. I mean, we uh, we kind of took a chance with that book. It was really different. I mean, it was a Western. We didn't have space battles. We didn't have uh, lightsaber fights. You know, there's two lightsabers on Tatooine, and, you know, one of them is in the trunk uh, back in Obi-Wan's <laughs> place. So, you know, it, it's hard to, hard to do that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that uh, people responded to it the way, uh, the way well, that we did. What's funny about it is, is I know, I've heard your story about how it took a long, 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 long time to get that book out there, and it took different iterations, but I'm, I'm glad because it came out about as perfectly as a novel can, and here's the other funny thing, I'm not a Western fan, I don't, I, I, I don't watch Western movies, I don't watch Western television shows. I know. I tried to watch Bonanza and Gunsmoke with my grandparents. You know what? That shit sucked. So, um, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not a Western fan. But man, you put Star Wars into it, and all of a sudden, I'm there. Yeah, I grew up watching the, use, the spaghetti westerns and really enjoyed those. And yeah, it's like it's like having Kenobi in a 
in one of those westerns all of a sudden. I think it was yeah. just brilliant. I ended well, up. Yeah, going, I, I, I ended I'm not up, a big western guy either. I mean, I'm, I, I'm I, certain ones. Uh, you know, I dig. Uh, you know, it, it's just. Uh, it seemed to me that it was something that really kind of fit. I mean, you know, the whole language of, of the Western, of the the guy wandering into town with a past and everything, and the local general story. You got the whole thing about it being on the frontier, and you know, you've got the natives out there that are, are restless and causing uh, uh, you know incidents that have to be you know, dealt with. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this is a story that could have been told uh, in uh, in Wyoming. <laughs> Except, yeah. uh, obviously, we we have land speeders. Well, you know, a few years later, they might have uh, they might have said, no, well, you can't use Kenobi and you can't use Tatooine. Hey, use Jakku instead. No, um, well, we we kind of we kind of absolutely <laughs> snuck in there at the right time. And you know, the thing is, people say, well, we wish Kenobi had been uh, you know was canon, and yeah, that's that's cool, and I would too, and it could always happen. Um, but if we hadn't gotten it out in 2014, I'm not sure it would have necessarily been green lit. You know, I've never no, really yeah. thought about it much. Uh, you know what? I think you're right because you know those last couple of books that were supposed to come out. I, there was a Leia one called Razor Razor's Edge or something, and then there's a yeah, Han Solo one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Han Solo one, I really liked it, but it was the last book published before the canon cutoff. And I'm glad that Kenobi got out there when it did, because I can imagine, I, I don't have any basis for this, but I imagine there were probably other books that were in the works that did sort of fall by the wayside. And you know what? As much as I can say, oh, I wish Kenobi was canon, you know what? I do, but in my heart, Kenobi is canon. Because well, those well, we characters know. were... I hope they recanonize some of them. I'd love to see the new canon use the Pika Oasis or yeah, that would be, that would something be cool. at the very least. That would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we 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 know that sort of the Jedi went by the wayside as as a lot of the people that really wanted to see it. Uh, yeah, there, there, yeah, there, there, there was at least that 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 could not be done. Uh, but uh, you know, I have no basis myself for saying that it it could not have happened or would not have gone forward. I, I suppose it. it yeah, we're 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 playing what if here. I oh, I know it's all conjecture, and we live in a world of possible parallel universes where everybody's convinced that in an alternate timeline, Firefly wasn't canceled, and uh, <laughs> and Star Wars Episode One happened ten years before it did, and uh, you know, I mean, people are you know people are always looking. Oh, what could have been? But uh, you know. We just don't know, but I, I think I, I agree with you. I think Kenobi got put out at the perfect time. I think it did too, um, and I'm kind of curious. Where? How did you come up with? I mean, what? What made you say, you know, what I need? This is what I need to do. I need to. I need to take this particular character, and we need to have him in this particular setting. What? What? Well, the uh, the story actually is one that I, I get into in detail on the Kenobi page on my website, which is farawaypress.com. But in a nutshell, it, it was uh, 2006. Uh, I was doing comics at Dark Horse. Uh, I was looking uh, to get together enough projects so I could quit my day job. Uh, yeah. And uh, my editor at the time uh, said, well, Dark Horse is about to do 
uh, you know, they're, they're looking for projects that they can do for Star Wars' uh, 20th anniversary, uh, graphic novels, original graphic novels. And, you know, I, I think I had pitched a Boba Fett thing, uh, but I had also, uh, you know, said, I, I actually, I, I think, I think the, the, the real, uh, the, the real genesis was, uh, we were kicking around a Boba Fett style Western kind of a, a story. And, uh, then I came back with, hey, you know, what if we did the Ben Kenobi Western? Uh, and then it just sort of plugged into all these other things. And, uh, you know, I was able to I was able to come up with you know, several different versions of the plot. Uh, each one got exceedingly longer the you know, <laughs> further, further I went into it. And, you know, I a lot of the characters were there after a fashion. Uh, at the end of uh, the you know the third draft, third draft takes us into 2007. It was too late by that point to get a graphic novel out. Uh, my editor ends up getting uh, you know, transferred to Indiana Jones, and he takes me with him to go write the uh, the Indiana Jones movie adaptation. Uh, and then he he ended up leaving the company to freelance comics. Uh, and uh, so you know, what ends up happening is uh, Jer- Jeremy Barlow was his name. Uh, and so I shelved the Kenobi thing and did not look at it again. Uh, you know, I've got an entire folder full of, you know, pitches that I either never sent or did send and never went anywhere, you know, for, you know, for all sorts of publishers, for Marvel and a, a bunch of others as well, uh, that, you know, if I want to one day and the opportunity comes along, I can go back and take another look at uh, it was the case with Kenobi that I was able to come back and take another look at it, uh, starting in in 2012, um, and uh, and then you know writing that book for yeah I think the book came out uh, in 2013 uh, just at the end of August I think it was, uh, but uh, but uh, and then of course the next year was uh, was New Dawn, but no I, I'm I'm delighted it got out and you know if the book spoke to you that that's uh, that's that that's good to, good news to me. Well, you know, it spoke to me because, really, the characters, I could identify with all of them. Um, I mean, even as Orrin Galt has his descent into villainy, it's like, well, can not understand where he was coming from, because he started out with desperation. He just, he went over the edge. But, yeah. I mean, all the characters worked for me. I mean, you've got, I mean, you've, you've got a, you've got a store clerk who happens to be a Shistavon and Wolfman. And I love the image of going in and, and, and seeing a Lupinoid character as the friendly greeter at, that you'd see at a store in the real world. I, I and, love that and, irony. And that guy came from the role-playing game. That, that, oh, he that, did? Oh. oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's in the notes. Uh, oh, I, I, was, I was digging through the, uh, the, the, uh, there was a, the Tatooine. There was a Tatooine Galaxy Guide. Uh, Maybe it was most, it was most Eisley. That was what it was. Galaxy Guide number seven, I think it was, for the old West End role playing game, and it was there that I got the idea for the fact that there. Uh, well, I already had my idea to begin with about the militia that's that's in this uh, that's in this novel, uh, but uh, we had uh, in there they talk about there being a militia in most Eisley as well, uh, and Tar Lup. The, that's the that's the 
you know, that's the wolf guy <laughs> in the in the novel. And it's got to be tough to be a wolf guy on on Tatooine. I gotta I think. Imagine. God, can you imagine? I mean, I see people out walking their dogs in the middle of the summer. I'm like, oh my god, that poor dog, shave it. So yeah, um, it's, it's gotta gotta be gotta, gotta be rough. But anyway, that character is a store clerk in there and uh, in the in that book. And we talk about in the novel because th- th- that book is set in you know episode four timeline uh, or episode, around episode four. So, you know, we talk about him wanting to, you know, be able to be a retailer in most Eisley one day. Um, but you know, I went back and dug around here cause I was, uh, you know, you know re- redesigning my website and it's, it's now all online and gave me a chance to go back and look at some of these old notes. And it, it as I was restyling everything, I was kind of reminded, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of characters in that novel. I mean, there are a lot of characters, but you know what? I just yeah, i I've, I've read it a few times, and I've got the audio book. Yeah. I just finished listening to the audio book again over the weekend, not because of the podcast, just because yeah. about every other month I just go back and re-listen to it. But um, it, it uh, there's a lot of characters, but you use them all effectively, and you really. You really get a sense of the atmosphere of what it's like well, to that live was, in, that was, in a small town. Uh, that was the whole know, idea, and of course, I, I live in a small town myself, and you know, everybody knows everybody knows everybody else's business, and uh, we kind of have that feeling coming across by you know, Obi Wan's name. You know, Kenobi's name is suddenly <laughs> everywhere after a day and a half. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, but uh, exactly, uh, but. But I mean, that's that's what I really tried to do was since I had the chance to set, you know, pretty much half the book in one location, uh, and that was that was intentional. Uh, you know, that gave me the chance to take. Yeah, there's all the people that are up up there in the front in the list of characters, but uh, I was able to create a lot of side characters, like you know, the crazy woman who just comes in and asks stupid questions. Oh, oh, she's uh, one of my favorite characters, the herbally <laughs> napkin. She's great. Yeah. Do you work here? Because yeah. you know what? If you've ever worked retail, every day, every hour, you have somebody that does that. Do you work here? I'll be shopping at Target, and people yeah. come up. Do you work here? No, I don't work here. I'm shopping. Yeah, uh, we, but then I look down one day. I'm like, oh, I gotta. I'm wearing a red shirt, so of course they're thinking. Yeah. No, but uh, and, then we got and, the, and then the guy, the guy that's just there staring at his coffee the whole time, and and. Uh, and we, we have no idea what his deal is, and, and I didn't have any idea what his deal was either, but I figured, you know, every bar's got to have one of those. Uh, and, 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 and on top of that, you made it a Rodian. He, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's one of, if you think Star Wars aliens, somewhere on the tip of your mind, you're going to come up with a Rodian first, because yeah. they're, they're quintessential Star Wars. And, and then when tragedy nearly befalls him, and then you find out, uh, you know, he's going to recover and he's going to go back to just staring at his drink. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Who doesn't even talk. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, uh, that's good. And, uh, you know, I, you know, we have the, you know, the best friend that, uh, that she's got Lily. She's, uh, she's a piece of work. Uh, that's, Oh, I, I, I love when, when, Annaline tells her, but you've got a husband. And she's like, I also have a pulse. It's like, God, that's funny. Um, <laughs> you remember well, these lines better than I do, so that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm a nerd. What can I say? Um, you know, I just, I, I, I liked all the characters so much. See, Brian and I, we also have a hobby where 
where we take apart figures and we put them back together, we make our own characters, and we repaint them. And I liked Annalene and Orin so much, I actually made customs of those characters. Oh, because wow. I'm like, well, well, Hasbro will never get around to these guys. So, I, in fact, if you want, I can actually... I can yes. shoot you a picture of them. Yeah, send, um, me, a, send me a photo of those because I haven't uh, I haven't seen anybody do that. That's uh, that that is cool. They're 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 the way I sort of pictured the characters, and mm-hmm. and I it's uh, it, it's it's sad to me that there's no that there is no official reference material for them, but it kind of gives an advantage because you get to you get to actually put the image in your head that that you had. Um, yeah that you know you had when you were reading it so um hang on let me uh okay so now i've got a question when you're writing when you're writing kenobi and then i'll ask this question again when we talk about a new dawn when you were writing it did you have obviously you've got character types specifically in your head but did you did you ever consider um in an ideal world, if they make a movie out of this, who who you'd like to see play those characters? <laughs> I'm just yeah. curious. Well, yeah, I mean that was that was uh, that's one of those things that came up. Uh, yeah, I think I've got a frequently asked questions section on my my page. I may have to go back and I may go back and have to reread what what I said. I always thought that Oren uh, put me in the mind of uh, of Sam Neill around the uh, you know Jurassic Park era. Um, yeah, that's, that's where, you know, he's a guy who's got kind of a weathered face, but, uh, you know, he's hail fellow, well met, uh, kind of got a canny smile to him. Um, you know, it's, it's no mistake that he also played a spy on TV for many years, uh, on, on the BBC. Um, you know, he, and of course he was also in the hunt for red October. Uh, you know, as far as, as far as, uh, gosh, uh, some of the, uh, some of the other characters, um, yeah, I think I, I was really looking more just for for uh, you know the the you know the looks of the characters and how they you know how what their mannerisms were and uh, and you know what their what their dialogue was uh, was likely to uh, uh, to sound like. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of some of the uh, some of the other names that were. Uh, uh, that were uh, yeah, involved. Uh, well, let's put it this way. Obviously, I, I Ellen picture is, uh, obviously Ellen McGregor is <laughs> in there. That's going to be a big. The guy one. is definitively Obi Wan. I mean, I love Alec Guinness's portrayal as the much older Obi Wan, but and there's nobody else that I can ever picture playing a younger Obi Wan than I can't even picture young Alec Guinness when he was in the the very prime of his career when he was Ewan McGregor's age. I can't even picture him playing Obi Wan as well as Ewan McGregor did. Yeah, um, I mean, that that makes sense. I mean, I think you know, Annalene, you, you know, one of the one of the people I had thought of, and I never actually saw her in anything else. But uh, but uh, if you ever saw the movie, uh, 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 ever saw the movie Castaway? Uh, I don't know if you ever saw that. Yes. Oh, I've uh, seen it. I've seen yeah. it. It was spoiled by the trailers, but I went and saw it anyways. In the theater. Well, uh, uh, the, the 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 woman at the end. The woman who runs the ranch, who drives up in the pickup truck, uh, ah. she's actually a she's actually a gospel singer uh, by the name of by the name of Larry White is her name, and I, that was kind of the way I wanted her to greet uh, or Annalene to greet Obi Wan. It's like, hello, you're 
clearly lost. Let me. <laughs> you well, know, it's it's so, funny because suggested uh, somebody else suggested Catherine Keener uh, uh, as as well as uh, I uh, could see that. See, when I when when I read it, I, I picture Annaline is like Holly Hunter. Yeah, in, oh in, yeah, there you in, go. In that in that era when she was in like, I remember there was a time when Holly Hunter was in everything. She was in the firm and she had about 14 other movies that came out that same year. Um, or in, I just picture Josh Brolin. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, he's totally, and it's so funny because I, when I dug those, those customs up so I could uh, take the pictures of them, I, I looked at it. I'm like, huh, kind of looks like Josh Brolin. That's funny. <laughs> that, that was kind of unintentional. I mean, now, yeah. Now I now when I picture him, he's sort of Josh Brolin in like the recent movies that he's done, like like Everest and uh, that one that he did with Kate Winslet, and uh, where his son Mullen, I yeah. totally picture him being played by Josh Brolin in like the Goonies era, yeah. um, and just just you know sort of yeah. a sort of a cut up teenager, real pain in the ass, but. Um, you know, not again. He's not the villain for a while until his dad becomes full-on villain, and suddenly they're spawns of hell. I mean, his daughter Vika, Lindsay Lohan, totally. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just, you know, these, these are just the, the. Um, and then I think, uh, I think the only uh, other person that I had actually thought of was uh, the Andrew Garfield, who was like the second Spider-Man. Uh, oh yeah, as 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 Jabe. Uh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect because I was trying to picture somebody yeah. like that, but you know, in that sort of, but I could never come up with a specific yeah. actor because that character, he's just, he's such, you know, he's such a teenager, you know, <laughs> he's just, you know, and, and, and the same with, with, uh, with Callie, she's so much of a character that my daughter's 12. She watches a lot yeah. of the Disney channel She's so much of a character that you'd see on there, or you yeah. know, like iCarly, or you know, these type of kid shows. But um, yeah, Kenobi just the whole cast of characters was just phenomenal. And then you've got the unspoken muse in the whole thing with with Qui Gon Jinn, who never says anything, but yeah. all the way through, I get the sense, oh, he's listening. Yeah. Much like I always got the sense that that Obi Wan as one with the force, was always listening to Luke. He'd just say, nah, nah, sorry, I can't help you. You gotta, yeah. you, you gotta find, you know, find your way out of this, buddy. Well, um, you know, prayer is almost always one way, so. <laughs> almost, 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 yes. So um, anyway, I know, I, 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 well, and it's funny because Brian read Kenobi when he was deployed. He was a medic and he did, he, he did these remote, assignments and he was in africa for a while oh, wow. so he read kenobi there and the other day i just made a joke to him i'm like oh you read kenobi while you were living in a place with real tuscan raiders um which was pretty true because that that time that was when boko haram was blowing stuff up all around oh us. yeah so i was so in chat at that time when i read that book so that that sounds to me like a, a big adventure uh you know i i have a, have a good friend who's been in the army and, and has been in Iraq and uh, and uh, Afghanistan and he's supplied me information about all the 
stuff I need uh, for various things I've done, Star Wars and Star Trek and other military science fiction. Uh, and so uh, funny because Brian's been to both of those places, and every yeah. time I'd be like, dude, good luck, and then he made a joke to me one day. He's like, dude, you worry more than my mother does. I'm like, oh, no, she's just as worried. She's just not telling yeah. you. No, she yeah, says I, that I, she I wonder why anybody who does that would actually be interested in other, you know, <laughs> war stories for escapism, but... Uh, uh, military I, I, science fiction is one of my favorite things to read, okay. quite honestly. And, okay, well, that's, that's, that's good. And, you know, I, I just have to say this, JD's geeking out because... He has, we have someone that has written Star Wars canon here. I am geeking out because we have someone that has written Iron Man. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a ways back, but that was another thing where, you know, I actually put, uh, put my friend uh, in, uh, in, in a general's uniform. I, I, I shaved his hair off in the... In the <laughs> he, he wasn't bald when that uh, comic book appeared, but uh, he, he is bald in the comics. Uh, but I, I I bumped him up from uh, from captain to general just for the purpose of Iron Man. Well, I uh, yeah, appreciated that. That, that was uh, that was two thousand three two thousand four. I wrote the series for a year. Yeah, it well, was uh, volume three about seventy eight through about eighty four issues. Uh, it's issue seventy three through eighty five. Eighty five off by one. Once again, every one of those issues gets a page on my site because I, I if I didn't write this stuff down when it came out. I would forget it, so that's one of the reasons that I, you know, do all my notes on these books, uh, you know, at the time because if I'm trying to remember later on, I can't remember what I was thinking. Oh, John, I can't. I, I, I don't remember what I had for lunch. I don't remember if I had lunch. No, I don't, I don't think, think I, I did. Had, I don't so, think I had lunch either. Yeah, um, I have those issues sitting right in front of me actually, because as JD will attest, I am probably one of the biggest Iron Man fans there is out there. Let's put it this way: his nickname is the Iron Whore. Because if it has Iron Man on it, this man will buy it. Toys, merchandise, it doesn't matter. If there's Iron Man, he literally has an entire room dedicated. He, he doesn't have the walls. I don't think he's got the walls painted red and gold, but it's probably only because... There's no room. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say he'd have to move all that stuff to paint the walls. Yeah. So, you know, that's very cool. Well, and then, funny, because you wrote Crimson Dynamo... And you based it, it was inspired, I've, I've heard you talk, it was inspired by a lot of real Russian history. Well, Brian's wife, Emily, she actually speaks Russian, so... Oh, yeah, she has a degree uh, so, in Russian history. Oh, I also, I, 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 I was wondering if you actually spoke any Russian, or if you just... Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I speak very little, and I learned it years ago. Uh, I did a thing... Uh, the, the, the fans in Moscow uh, did a convention earlier this year where they had just done the Kenobi uh, uh, tr the translation for it for, for their version over there. And so uh, they sent me copies of the book uh, that, uh, that they had all signed for me. And so I sent back a video message that uh, you know, I read out in Russian for their convention. You know, I'm just hoping that you know, I wasn't giving them you know, uh, uh, you know, the recipe for uh, borscht or something like that. Because I could have been, because uh, it's been so many, so many years. Uh, but, but yeah, that was one of those things where, yeah, one of our goals was to try to tell a somewhat decent, uh, you know, comic book, superhero comic book set in Russia. Because 
if you go back and look at the ones in the 60s and 70s and 80s, you know, they didn't obviously know much about what the world was like over there, uh, no. and you can tell. Yes. <laughs> so, so we did our best. And well, my, my, my artist was, uh, my artist had lived in Moscow for a year, and that was also helpful. Ah, yeah, I, I, I know, like, uh, please, thank you, bad dog, and uh, I can say shit in Russian, of course. And, and me being a typical American, I only know, does it done, your comrade. <laughs> well, that works. Um, well, Brian's excited too because, like, he's reading Lost, Lost Tribe of the Sith. See, personally, I haven't read that stuff, but that's because I went back as far as the Darth Bane trilogy, and I and I was like, you know what, Bane's cool, but I just I can't get into that time period hey, that set thousands of years before JD. Star Wars. Hang What's on, I'm, I got to pause it. Emily's home, so the dogs are going to go crazy. Hang on. Oh, oh okay. And, yeah, sorry about that. We had to pause it there because my dog is insane, and that's about it. So, welcome back. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, no, I was saying, I, uh, uh, at some point, I will go read, like, Zane Carrick's Adventures, but I haven't yet because I just, I can't, that, that, that storyline set 4,000 years before Star Wars, I just, I can't do it. Because, you know what, I, like, I watched, like, the game, the, the, the gameplay, the, the cutscenes for like the old Republic online game and all, and it's really cool. But it you is. know what? I I can't get past that the Republic troopers in that game are wearing white plastoid armor, just like the clones will be doing four thousand years later. And you know, you look at the pictures of Coruscant, and it looks exactly like it did in the prequels. And I, I can't. I can't get over the roadblock of you're telling me in four thousand years the Star Wars universe still looks exactly like it did then. That's um, just so weird to me. Yes, I, I, yes, we are telling you exactly that. <laughs> I, 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 I just, the, uh, I, this is a discussion that we used to have years ago. Because um, what what they did was with the Tales of the Jedi novels, which are set like forty years before the the Coder video game and 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 my comics. I guess it's set like thirty years. Uh, you know, they really made an effort to, uh, you know, make it look archaic and, you know, you kind of have, you know, there's, there's ziggurats and pyramids and, and, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of ornate stuff and it, it looks fairly alien and it just was too many steps removed to look like Star Wars for some people's tastes. And what happened with the video game folks is, I'm sure they would have been happy to set that game, you know, 10 years before Star Wars or 100 years before Star Wars. I think they ended up going, you know, much earlier, I assume, because they had that Knights of the Old Republic brand name. I'm, I'm not sure why they decided to do it exactly then. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the thinking is that you know, the technology in the Star Wars universe kind of hits a plateau where you can't go any faster than light speed hyperspace you know, what they're doing. Uh, and so this is how you get a world that looks lived in by the time you get to episode four. The stuff's been around forever. Uh, you know, that was, that was one of the hallmarks of episode four when it came out was this was the first science fiction, you know, futuristic kind of place that looked old and dirty. Uh, and, and so, you know, you have, uh, you know, you kind of have that in there. So, yeah, I mean, I can, I can kind of, uh, 
you know, get behind the notion that, uh, you know, once the tech hits a certain level, and if the theory is that for thousands of generations the Jedi have been keeping peace and order in the galaxy, which is what Obi-Wan told us, well, that's obviously takes us out to 25,000 years to where hyperspace was discovered, uh, uh, or however, however it was they described it. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I can, I can, I can accept that. Obviously, um, you know, one of the, one of the problems is we're coming at it from the perspective of people living in a world that has transformed dramatically by technology just over the course of our lifetimes. No, you know what? You're right. Because I, I watch, uh, uh, I watch Star Trek TNG and like that was some advanced stuff that I, I can't, I, I can't decide if, if the world has become so micro-electronic advanced because of Star Trek, or in spite of, or if one actually inspired the... Or if we'd be doing this yeah. anyways, but Star Trek just thought of it first. I don't... It's like... it. We're living in this weird meta time where yeah. anything that you'd see in sci-fi really might not be all that far away. It may not... Well... It may not work as well, but... Or, you know, it, we may be a while from perfecting it, but it's just yeah. so, so strange because... Like, the, like those data pads that they had. Yeah. I, I know on the show, it was the PADD, the personal access yeah. data device, but it's like... Uh, it was got it, tw- 25 years ago, they lived in a world where that stuff was 200 years away. I mean... I remember when I got my first cell phone in, in like the early 2000s, and it was the, the big flip phone. Man, that was the pinnacle of technology. It was never going to get any better than that. I mean, in order to send a text, you know, you had to hit the same button six times to get to the stupid letter that you were trying to get to, and God forbid you passed it up. Then you're yeah. going back around. And now, I mean, that was, I was, you know, my, my daughter wasn't born yet when I got the thing, and now 12 years later... I've got an iPhone, and I'm like, huh. I'm sitting there wondering to myself, how much further can we go? How long but, until we read about the first person that decides to get their Bluetooth implanted in their ear? But, uh, you know, sort of flip it around and, again, you know, justify to a degree things not having changed between Knights of the Old Republic era and now. Um, if my grandfather, uh, rest his soul, uh, came back and wanted to drive my car, he would, and, 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 let, and, let, let, and let's say it was my grandfather from when he was a young man, he'd be able to drive it. Because cars, even though the stuff in the car has changed, you know, it's still on four wheels. There's still a gear shift. I mean, there's, there's still all this other stuff. No, you're right. And people and, now don't drive any better than they did back then. Exactly. Um, but, but this, this is the thing, is there are certain parts of technology that may actually plateau for a while because we can't get over a physical hump. And that's kind of the way I look at, at you know, hyperspace, uh, you know, starships and that sort of thing. They got to a certain point, and they realized in Star Wars, we're never going to invent the transporter. Uh, you know, and so it just, you know, so, so a spaceship from... 5,000 years ago in Star Wars is just as functional as one from, you know, the New Hope era. It might be dirty. You know, we don't know how old the Millennium Falcon is. So, again, each one of these franchises, you kind of take it on its own terms and you look at it and you say, uh, you know, 
what is the rate of technical progress from this movie to this movie or from this era to this era? Uh, and and you kind of look at it and you say, well... Uh, hello. Sorry. <laughs> well, are robot dogs something that we would have in this uh, in this universe at this point by now or uh, not? You know? Yeah, well, at so, least K-9, you could tell him to shut up and he will. Um. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's funny because you said uh, he said hyper hyperspace is where it sort of plateaued. Because I thought, yeah, do anything beyond that, you've got ludicrous speed, and that's the wrong universe. So exactly. Um, they need to play. <laughs> um, the uh, um, but yeah, I I uh, all right. You know what? I think I'm going to take a second look at that ancient Star Wars stuff, because... I'm telling you, man, it's good, good point. So, well, what I, what I well, would suggest and, and, is, is, is Lost Tribe of the Sith is really in a corner uh, of the universe. It's on one planet. They tr- they crash on a planet that's got no technology. Uh, so it, it, it is a kind of a story where you know, you're isolated from everything else that's going on, uh, and you may be able to better accept what's happening on that planet in its own context because, you know, you're not going to find things looking much different. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, reverse that. You're not going to find it looking anything like, you know, the rest of the Star Wars universe because, you know, there's there's not even any metal on that planet. So it's... I'm about uh, a quarter of the way through that book and I I have to say I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I'm a huge Sith fan as it as a, to begin with, I mean, you know, we were talking about customizing action figures and that's definitely one of the things that I, I like to make is Sith action figures. And, um, I started reading it, uh, probably last week and about a quarter of the way through it. And yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I, I really enjoy it. Well, Lost Tribe of the Sith is an example of that whole thing about, you know, you can make a Western out of Star Wars. Well, Lost Tribe of the Sith is a sword and sorcery novel. Uh, except it's you know instead of swords it's lightsabers and instead of Ooh. sorcery it's instead of sorcery it's Sith sorcery. I mean it it really Ooh. is you know it, it's it's uh, you know somewhere between <coughs> somewhere between Conan and medieval level you know uh, you know thing and so you know uh, naturally I put my own token my own Tolkien style maps in there so people can follow along. Oh uh, yes, oh, yeah. with a little yeah. bit of Castaway thrown in. Since we oh, referenced yeah. that earlier, um, well, you know that's funny because you know you, you say it's sort of a sword and sorcery type. What do you? I don't know how extensively have you watched like the Clone Wars or Rebels or or I, I mean I don't know because you know the Clone Wars showed us numerous different takes on the Force that aren't the Jedi, aren't the Sith, aren't the because like. The Death Mary Night Sisters, they had the Sith magic. And then um, they had the they had those whatever they were in that last story arc with Yoda's uh, little soul search that he had with those uh, with those yeah. Sith like muses and all that. I, I really I like the idea and I I think they're gonna explain this or they're gonna explore it more in, in the canon now, is all these different uses for the Force that, that really go sort of, or, or these different ways that the Force can manifest itself outside of what we've seen so far. In, oh, yeah. in, and 
I can't wait to see what else they do with it because I, I like the idea that different people and different cultures would see, would believe in the Force, but use it differently and find their own sort of oh, yeah. uh, twists on it because that's just real cool because I, I think about how things in the real world are and how they are throughout our history where viewpoints on things sort of change, but belief or non-belief in it necessarily doesn't, but it gets people to look at the world differently than they might have. And I know that George Lucas himself was shepherding a lot of the the Clone Wars storylines, and I'd love to find out how far did the Force expand outward in his mind that we never actually got to see? I mean... these are interesting questions. I I will say, you know, that's something different ways or different takes on the force, different groups dealing with the force. Uh, that is something that I I did take on. Uh, one of the one of the things, uh, well, actually two of them. Uh, there's two different groups in the Lost Tribe of the Sith uh, sequence that I wrote. One is in the section of the book that uh, that Brian hasn't gotten to yet. Uh, <laughs> So there's that. And then following that novel, I wrote a graphic novel uh, that is only available now uh, used from Amazon or, uh, or from, uh, from Marvel.com uh, digitally, uh, a sequel to the, the, the Lost Tribe of the Sith book. Uh, and that's yet another group. And that, that, that particular group, you know, they believe it's a curse to be touched by the Force. And, uh, you know, that's – so they have a totally different angle on it than uh, – uh, than the oh, uh, that's interesting. Than the Sith or the Jedi, and so you know, it, people look at different ways to, to do these things, and we kind of you know mix it up a bit. Um, you know, <coughs> well, I, uh, I was going to say I, I like the idea of these characters that believe in the Force and can't use it either, like Maz Kanata. And I think what we're going to see in Rogue One with uh, with the um, Believer in the Force, Chirrut, I think his name is. I'm not used to those names yet. Um, where can't use the Force, can't wield the Force, but he believes in the Force. He has total dedication to the Force, and God, does he have that line? It's just amazing. I fear nothing. All is as the Force wills it. Love that idea that this guy, he's not Force sensitive, but he believes in the Jedi ideals and all that. And I'm intrigued by that Church of the Force thing that they started with Lor Santeca. Yeah. in episode seven and i can't wait to see what they do with that because it, it's it's intriguing to think there'd be true believers that can't use it and people that that might be able to use it but wouldn't necessarily want to yeah and then no, and- you i love this idea that the, the the universe can see the can see and use the force in completely different ways and actually go to war over it because that sounds to me like what happens with 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 that. Well, here's here's uh, here's your here's your then your best reason yet to go pick up the the uh, the Knights of the Old Republic comics. Uh, they're coming out from Marvel now in these big collections because I uh, the main character is a a a, a special needs Padawan in a sense. Uh, he's he's a kid who uh, his relationship with the Force is. Uh, is like perpendicular, a little bit off center. I mean, he, he, 
he he doesn't get the results that everybody else does. Uh, and so he's constantly having to try to negotiate that uh, and decide, well, am I really chosen to be using this thing or not when I, I don't actually really have the grasp that I want to have? Uh, and uh, so I, I, you know, I think if you dig different takes on characters uh, or, or on, on types of characters, uh, you know, that's, that's something to do. Uh, you know, I kind of did that with, uh, with my most recent project, the one that I've got coming out here uh, this month, uh, that's the Star Trek trilogy, uh, Prey, where you know I show uh, a, n- a number of versions of Klingon life that we don't see or have not Ooh. seen. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. just looking at that Ooh. on your website. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Well, as a as a as a Klingon fanatic, which yeah. I am, yeah, it's some uh, a couple years ago, up until a few years ago, I never thought of the question that I've seen it now. I've seen it here and there where people are like, well, really? Is there nobody else on Klingon other than a bunch of other bomb warriors? Which I had never stopped to think of before because I get so deep into that, into the, 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 the Roman style politics that, yeah, that the Klingon Jews, but I never really, stopped really to think. More, it's huh. really, more, really more Viking almost, I would say, or, or, you or, know, yeah, I mean, they, they're, or, they're, or always, they're, they're, they're always, they're always, you're right, yeah, you're right, they'll slaughter their, uh, their, their enemies in the high council, I, I, yeah. uh, but I never, maybe it was last year, the year before, I think I read on somebody's Facebook page, it was sort of meandering thoughts where they're like, aren't, aren't there any, like, grocery stores on Klingon where some of the Klingon, or on Kronos where some of the Klingons might just be, Docking fruit or changing well, changing the, cha- the sale sign on the billboard, and I'm like, huh, boy, this is, I had never thought about. We, that. we get to see that we, we get to see Klingon life on a lot of different levels because I do have, yeah, you know, because it's a trilogy. Um, I had a lot of room to spread out uh, and tell uh, about this thing that happens in this storyline. It you know, it's really a political thriller. There's a particular event the roots of which go all the way back to Star Trek three. And they carry forward into the next generation era. uh, And, you know, it ends up, you know, there's a crisis uh, that threatens to uh, undo all these years of cooperation between the Klingons and the Federation. Uh, And it's one of those things where if you're going to do something that is that earth shaking or world shaking or however, you want to be able to, have the space to show what people at various levels of society will think about it. And so, uh, you know, I, I have, uh, I have a number of groups in this, uh, that we see. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're into, uh, into different takes on familiar, uh, groups of people, uh, you know, we've got that. And of course we've also got, you know, your, 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 certainly your garden variety Klingons and, uh, you know, Worf is a major part of this trilogy, and uh, also, ooh, 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 oh yeah, ooh, that's oh yeah. even better. I, I was going to ask what the era was set in, and and I was yeah. because well, it is it is Worf. Worf is my <laughs> Worf is my very favorite Star Trek character ever right. of all the series, is and I like them all, but Worf is it for me. He's the pinnacle Star Wars character, Star Trek character. So you Worf just said is. the magic word. Worf is the uh, you know, he's he's probably the major through line character. Although you know Admiral Riker, Riker's an admiral in the novels uh, now because we're several years after the last movie. 
uh, and Captain Picard uh, are are very definitely major characters as well. Uh, but uh, you know, in addition to Worf, uh, you know, I have, uh, I have a fairly major role for Kalos. Uh, that nice. is that. That is the clone of Kalos that we see in the TV show. He's not the original. Uh, he hasn't had a lot to do in the novels uh, over the last 20 years. He, he got one whole novel to himself and uh, you know, then showed up in a, in a short story somewhere and, and has shown up in, you know, in an ancillary role here and there. That was, uh, was, that, he, was, that, that was from an episode of Deep Space Nine, right? No, Next Generation. Next, Next Generation. Gen- yeah. Which, that was, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, an episode called Rightful Air, uh, and I believe it was fifth or sixth season. I can't remember. Oh, I remember. Okay, yeah. I, I mixed up because Deep Space Nine, they, it was running went, at the same time, well, and, and also, that's right, they, well, they, also, uh, that was just before Worf came on. Also, in Deep um, Space Nine, they go looking for the Sword of Kalos. So that's that, right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm confused. Yeah, I'm a, my, it, my, it, my, I'm not turning in my, my geek cred card, but, but I, I will put it on the table for a little bit. No, there's, there's hundreds of hours of television to sort through here. So (laughs) anyway, I, I am, I am delighted to have gotten to do this and to have it come out, not just come out in the 50th anniversary year, but these books are coming out. No kidding. These, these books are coming out monthly. So, um, the first one actually, they just sneaked a few copies out at Star Trek Mission New York here this weekend. Uh, but it officially goes on sale later this month, and then the next two novels in the trilogy are already in the can and will be coming out late October and late November. Yeah, and, like, well, uh, I'm going to be ordering those because I haven't read I haven't read a Star Trek book in um, six, seven, eight years. I, I don't know. It was there was one that I read shortly after Enterprise went off the air, but they. Uh, um, those, those were a case of, I'd go to the bookstore and I'd look at Star Trek and all of a sudden I'd, I'd see, uh, I, 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 you know, I'd look at the publication date, you know, just to get some sense of where the stuff was released and I'd pick up like six books all published in like 2012. I'm like, Whoa, okay. Sensory overload that too much <laughs> already, already I'm too deep in it. it it's a lot like people that would ask about the expanded universe, you know, five or six years yeah. ago, they'd ask, where should I start? Oh well, my God. I, after, after 20 years of this stuff being published, man, I don't even know where to tell you to start because well, I know. write, I write these books the same way I write all my books, which is, you know, that every book is somebody's first. And so, you know, all you really need is to kind of know what happens in the TV series, you know, what it's about, you know, kind of know a little bit about the movies, what, what, what they're about. But otherwise, you know, it, it's just like uh, you know, I, my first Star Trek novel came out last year. It was a next generation novel called Takedown, uh, and that one was all Ooh. you know. Yeah, that was that was a big that was a big uh, Riker vehicle. Um, that was that was actually we kind of joke about it. It's the the Hunt for Red October with Picard chasing Riker. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Fantastic. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm guessing Riker must have been on the it's, tight it's a big ne- at that point. Uh, no, no. Riker is actually on the Aventine, which is faster than the Enterprise, uh, oh. and that, oh. that okay that evens up, that evens up the score. So, uh, oh, you know, nice. we, we have a chess game here with these guys. And and nice. as for why they're on the opposite sides of this particular uh, problem, 
Yeah, people have to read the book to find out, but it is. Yeah, no you know, it's another one of those books where yeah, that's available now both at the bookstore and and online. Uh, called Star Trek: The Next Generation Takedown, and it's a very good first novel as well for hey, people that haven't gotten into it. You know what? I'm fine with that because when uh, uh, in the in the old GI Joe comics around '87, '88, when when Cobra had a civil war, so Cobra was fighting Cobra, and then GI Joe got stuck helping one side or the other. Hey, I, I'm 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 fine with that, and just as long as that. Uh, I, I I I can't picture. Riker and Picard actually punching each other in the face. No, 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 that, and, no. And, so and you'll you'll see anything short of that, and I'm fine yeah. with them at war. That's great. You'll you'll um, see how it, you'll see how it works out. They're they're <coughs> on they're on different sides, but they're not necessarily opponents. So you'll you'll, uh, oh, you'll, you'll, you'll dig it. Uh, oh, oh, I see. Kind of a kind of a it, it's 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 differing ideas. Well, um, you'll, you'll 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 see how it works. It it it'll all be clear. <laughs> Um, well, the words, I, I'm, book, I'm, uh, I'm gonna, in fact, I may go to the bookstore, uh, this month and actually see if I can, see if I can get a takedown and then I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna get that, I'm gonna get the trilogy once it's all out, so I don't, so I don't have to wait between books, because I stopped reading monthly comics a long time ago, oh, yeah. because it drove me nuts to, to go get I, 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 I'm so, one like, of those people that, that, they make trade paperbacks for people like yeah. me, you know, because I, I see complaints. People like they always do six issue arcs for the trade paperback. Well, yeah, that's because for some of us, we can't read monthly comics because it's like right. the next month comes around and 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 it's like, well, that was that was a long that was a long wait, you know. And it's not like comic books now are as wordy as they used to be. I, I go back and I read yeah. comics that were published when I was much younger, and. Well, uh, Wow, that's a lot of word balloons. So, yep. I will um, throw in that on my website, I have an individual page for all of the books I have coming out. Star Trek, uh, also the new Halo books I've got coming out. Uh, there's a Planet of the Apes book that was just announced. Uh, all of these things have pages on my website where there are links to pre-order them from Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and whoever you get them from. Uh, and there's also a page, there's a shop page on my site where people can get, uh, if they're looking for a signed copy of takedown or whatever the novels have to be uh they can get those i, oh, I will nice. i will be i will be making available uh pre-orders on uh on the trek trilogy i just don't have that page online yet but once i get it up there yeah that'll be something where you know people will be able to spend 30 bucks us and get three novels postpaid jeez so you so you write comic books you write star wars you write star trek you write planet of the apes you write halo wow is there is there any property that that you'd be like, you know, if your publisher said, "Hey, you want to you want to do this?" You're like, "No, hate that movie." Um, or or, oh, sure, or, or is sure. it just? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, there's 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 stuff I know I can't write, and so I don't try. Uh, you know, I'm <laughs> no. If I'm not a fan of it, I'm not going to be very good at it. Yeah, so, no, no. I'm laughing because because I can't picture trying to be. Uh, a professional writer, because never mind, just because of my ADD. Shut up, Ryan. Yep. I know where your joke's going, um, but I, I can't picture getting these offers to do these things. I'm like, and and having to say, "Wow, I don't even know what you're talking about in the pitch." So, what and, properties and, and would you like having to, to have turn these things out. down? Because you you really just you don't know enough about it to even 
to even know where to start to do the research to do the writing. You know, it's just. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm not I'm not afraid to do my homework, and I have done it in a lot of cases. Uh, but uh, you know, it there's no substitute for enthusiasm for the license, and so there's a number of things. Yeah, I've I've turned down certain video game projects because I just know that that's not my bag. Whatever the whatever the particular world that they're they're doing is, uh, you know, I'm I can't write horror. I know that because I'm not a horror movie fan. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's it, certain things. I you just kind of know it's not your it's not in your not in your uh, wheelhouse. You so know, I used to be a big fan of horror movies, and then the last few years I've started watching movies that actually unsettle me to the point where I'm like, huh. You're gonna have to take a break from the scary movies for a while. So yeah, I mean, um, I, 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 and and some are some are just matters of you say to yourself, well, uh, I might enjoy the movie, but do I want to live in that world for uh, you know six months? Uh, and you know, I, particularly you know, Lost Tribe of the Sith was something that was kind of kind of weird because that was a series of stories that I was writing that were being written over the course of. Um, a few, you know, a few, there were a few months between each one of those stories, but you know, I was in evil people's heads the entire time I was writing those stories. So it was, you yeah. know, you kind of well, that take, must have been weird. You, you kind of wanted to take a shower after some of these because uh, you, <laughs> you, 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 you have to think that way. And you know, there are certain you know, franchises. I mean, I, I've looked at, I've looked at Aliens every so often, and I just. You know, I have a hard time watching the movies again because it's a, com- <laughs> it's a commitment to being in a dark place for a good long while, and I, you, you, you're kind of going. You know, I need some jokes. Uh, I love <laughs> I love superhero movies, but I have trouble with the real dark ones. About as dark as I've gotten is that is that Batman versus Superman. You know the 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 Dawn of Justice. We talked yeah. about it on our last episode, and it was dark, but it was just light enough in parts that I could get into it. Yeah, There's comic book-based superhero movies that if they're too dark, that if they're just dank and depressing, yeah. I'm out. I well, can't stand the Nolan Batman movies because there's not a smile to be had, except for the deranged one that the Joker gives. Well, I can... Watchmen is yeah. off my radar. That yeah. was the most depressing such and such superhero movie I can ever met anything sadder than that and I'm out so well this is I can see this kind of the way what you mean with the alien stuff yeah a little dark little it's the kind of little deep the way the way you have to look at it is if you're in if you're writing tie-in fiction yeah that's the office you're going to work in every day uh you know that's that's who you see around the water cooler (laughs) or the big aliens or whatever uh, and yeah, I, I, I kind of have a, a, a similar aesthetic thing. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but, uh, every time I get close to watching the most recent two Superman movies, uh, you know, I, will start watching for a while and then I'll say to myself, you know, uh, it, it, it does seem to me that it ought to be fun to live in a world where Superman exists. Uh, it, and that if, if I can't get past that right there, <laughs> You know, then I then I have an aesthetic uh, you know, you know, kind of projection. So my 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 thing with with Man of Steel. See, I love Superman, and I love the big blue Boy Scout, and and I love the good old you know values that he's got. My thing, and the reason I like Man of Steel so much, was because I came up in the eighties and nineties, 
And I read a lot of comic books when I was in the 90s. And that was yeah. when things were getting a little more extreme, you know. Yeah. And, and everybody, people were trying to write different takes on superheroes. And for a while there, okay, I mean, yeah, Superman was kind of pissed off. Hey, you know what? The guy died. Or he was on death's yeah. doorstep. Yeah. All right, he got a little mad. So, but, you know, he's got, like, godlike powers. And, yeah. and he, he's capable of doing things that that no other being in the universe would be able to do. And every once in a while, something's going to come to earth and say, we're going to fuck everything up. And Superman's going to be like, well, I'm going to stop you from fucking up or I'm going to fuck you right back up. You know, it's, it's so you can see him get really pissed, fly into space and just start, you know, flinging space dust at the planets to put, you know, rips in space time, you know, it's, and, and, so I liked Man of Steel because for once, just once, I wanted to see in a Superman movie where he gets pissed off and yeah. we see just the absolute limits yeah. of how powerful the last son of Krypton was. That well, said, we saw it once and I was extremely happy with it. And the next Superman movie, I don't necessarily want to see the, the G golly wow Superman again, but a little bit of sunshine would not be a bad thing. Well, there, there you have it. I mean, and I, I, I'm not saying you can't use these characters in dark stories. It's that the characters themselves, the character himself is not at his heart a depressing character uh, or, or, or should be. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of, a lot has to do with the character's outlook. Uh, and, you know, it, yeah, certainly you don't want, you know, I was just making a joke this weekend on Twitter. I said that, uh, you know, the, the inspirational channel was showing Superman three. The the inspirational message being that at least you're not in Superman four. Uh, nice, hey, uh, hey, which is cruel. Brian, but Brian's but it, got some thoughts on Superman three. He was cracking me up. We talked about it last week. I'm like, wow, he, yeah, he, uh, had some opinions on it. Yeah, well, the, we... and there's really no reason reason to even go into him. I mean, it's. It was there, and it was what it was, and nobody was happy to be in it, and it just went the way that it did. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly, uh, if I'm looking for a franchise to work in, you know, uh, I, I'm working uh, I'm working Halo now uh, for video games. I've worked in Mass Effect in the past. Mass oh, Effect, nice. Mass Effect's probably a little bit too dark for me. Um, I've, I, I've I was, heard of Mass Effect. I'm aware it's a, a video game. I, I, was, I don't know anything more than that. Well, I'm not was, a gamer. I was happy to sneak jokes in there uh, and to make it a little bit lighter. And uh, you know, it's you know, Halo is a is a is a it, it it's a it's a few degrees lighter in that universe. I guess it's not well. It's it's, it's, still, it's still still serious military sci-fi. Well, Halo is funny because even though I'm not a gamer, uh, a few years ago when McFarland Toys was doing Halo figures, I kind of got into it, and then. My son likes the Halo game, so even though I don't play, I I, I, I do I have it in to that universe. So you know I, I don't play it, but I could read it, and 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 I think I will because um, it was the same thing with Gears of War. I I didn't play it, but I read the Karen Travis novels because Karen Travis wrote them, and I'll try the Halo books just because it's a cool universe. I gotcha. just I can't identify with it on the on the game level, but you know what? I don't know if there's ever been supporting fiction for Metroid, but you know, I, I think, I don't know. I, 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 
you know, because because of the nature of the story with the alien life, I think a John Jackson Miller Metroid book would be interesting. But you know, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, um, it's not what I know much about. But uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see. So, so there... anyway, yeah, people can find all this stuff on FarawayPress.com and also on. We have my Twitter. They can follow me, which is JJM Faraway, and uh, I'll be at New York Comic Con in uh, October, uh, in case anybody's out there. And I'll be signing at both the Star Trek booth and also Wordfire Press. And uh, yeah, I'm still waiting for my schedules from some of the other publishers, and we'll see how it uh, goes from there. But uh, this has been great, guys. I appreciate the the chance to talk about this stuff. I've been uh, holed up writing this stuff for the last uh, nine months, ten months. So. <laughs> It's good to get to talk about it. Well, we're um, more than happy to have um, you on the show. This is a huge, huge thing for us. Oh, this, this is massive. I definitely I, appreciate it. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, so I'm still, I'm sitting here. We, we've been talking for over an hour now. I'm still tripping out that I got you on the, and, and now I'm sitting here thinking to myself, is it presumptuous to ask him if he'd come back again someday? Let me get some more books done in between now and then so I can All right. have something to talk about. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Well, thanks good. very much, guys. All right. Thank All you. Right. Thanks. Have All a good right. one. Take care. Well, I have to say that is probably one of the coolest things we've ever done, so I've got to give a big out, big shout-out to John Jackson Miller for coming on the podcast tonight. I think when we started doing this, I never thought we would have an actual celebrity on our show, and I am Neither did I. I, I, I. Well, when I asked, I wasn't even expecting a, to a be reply. honest, I wasn't even expecting a reply. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know, I know a lot of these authors, they'll get friendly with the fans and all, but you know, I also know that their their time is limited. You know, I know they have to they have to cut out blocks of time to do like convention experience. You know, appearances and I know sometimes they do podcasts, but I guess you just don't expect that they'll have time for your your little podcast that doesn't get any publicity. You know, well, you, 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 I think anything is free is is free advertising for them. And on that note, John's book, uh, the first. Star Trek book is coming out September 27th. Uh, the second book following up in the Prey series will come out October 25th. And uh, the third book will come out on November 29th all this year. So we're more than happy to give free publicity to any of the celebrities that want to uh, come on our show. Uh, I think one of the things that we were going to talk about last week, and we just ran out of time, and we had a three-hour podcast last week. <laughs> and we still ran out of time I on know. stuff. <laughs> uh, we were going to talk about the future of toys. And I don't mean just you know what Hasbro's putting out or what Mattel's putting out. I'm talking about what the future of toys that the fans want. And I think what the future of toys is is crowdfunded toys. We've seen yep. the, the Vitruvian hack line that came out uh, this year. I got in on that. Uh, got, I don't know, maybe half a dozen figures, and they're fabulous. I'm working on my first custom with one of them, and they're, they're just awesome figures. They were specifically designed to be customized. Uh, there's a couple other Kickstarters. There's one that uh, is already out, and that's uh, Marauder's figures uh they're getting ready to do uh their second 
version of their figures, which will be the female. I think they're calling it the Valkyries. Yeah. I don't have any of those, and it's not from lack of wanting them. It's from a lack of funds because, yeah, I look at the variety. Now, you got, you know, there's obviously these soldier figures. They're G.I. Joe style. And you can get them in, like, 12 different colors. Oh, I know. And the the customs people have done with these things are just phenomenal. I mean, you got you got ready-made military uniforms in different shades of green. You got the not just not just desert deco, but you've got different setups of the desert deco. Yeah, you've got you've got the orange hazard guys. Uh, you've got you know you got the yellow. Um, yeah, you know you got the. Yellow, I don't know, like the airtight guys. I was going to say airtight. Got, I've seen somebody do an airtight custom using that figure, and it was phenomenal. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've seen, um, I can't remember what they're, I can't remember what Marauder calls them. I saw somebody use that Task Force for, figures, I think is what they're called. Yeah, there was Alley Viper version 2, like the bright yellow bumblebee-looking right. one. Um, and then, like, they have all these... Like you got the one that's that's like um, black and gray, and you know it's like the it's like the, the the commando ops, and then you've got like I said, they got like two different desert warfare things. There's more like the like the oasis desert, and then you've got the middle of the Sahara where everything is tan colored desert, and um, you know they've got like the uh, they got like the like the white one that comes with the camouflage or the white one that comes for plain Arctic ops. Dude, that stuff is great. I don't have any of it because the cost is completely justified because you can get one kit, it's a figure, and like six different heads and a bunch of gear and a bunch of vests and a bunch of pouches and a bunch of pieces that you can clip on and take off and all that and it's 30 bucks and it's well worth it. And the reason I don't have any of it is because I can't just pick one. I literally can't. I was sitting on the website one day, and I'm like, I'm going to get one to start with, and in a couple of months, we'll get another one. And I'm the same way. I don't, my, I don't have any of those, I, and I just I can't figure out where... I, where neither can I, because I just... I want to get in on them, and I want to support Marauder, because look at the quality of stuff they put out. But I then, don't... I, and that's why I, I think this is start. The, this, I think this is why this is the future of the toys. The the quality is is <coughs> is phenomenal. Hang on. Sorry. <coughs> well, I tell you, you know, if it wasn't for my dogs, this show would just be boring. You know, I mean, forget the celebrities. Now we've got my dogs, both of them barking tonight. So anyway, yeah, the the um, task force figures are. Yeah, well, where do you, where do you choose? How do you choose when you just don't? I, I don't know, because you know what I almost did? I almost decided to get out uh, a dice and just, you know, I, I'm going to assign this deco to this number of dots, and whichever one I roll, that's one I'm going to order. But it was only a six-sided dice. I didn't right. have any RPG dice that had the multiple sides. So I'm like, well, shit, then I have to pick only six of them to assign the numbers. I'm like, ah, crap. i got to wait until I get like a... I, I gotta wait until I get like a twelve sided dice um, because honestly, they're so cool because they're made at the same quality level as it would seem 
I only have the weapons that Marauder did, but they're better quality than a lot of the Hasbro stuff because they use better plastic. Um, so I have to imagine that the Marauder Task Force figures are made to at least the same quality that that the 25th anniversary and the Pursuit of Cobra and the Rise of Cobra stuff was made at. So, but crowdfunding does that. Like, they can, yeah. like, they can, uh, I mean. They're going you, for you the get, quality. What yeah, they, you get wh- the fans to pay for some of the expenses because it's what they want so they can make them to the level of quality that the fans demand. And, and then they can make it in a variety that none of the toy companies ever could. Right. I mean, we complain sometimes when the toy companies are just repainting stuff, but even when they're just repainting stuff, they might repaint a figure in a different deco for a different environment, but you're not going to get that same figure in six, six or seven other color schemes. I mean, you might get... Uh, Unless it's Iron you Man, might, then yeah, I will. <laughs> well, that's true, uh, but... but, but Man, can you imagine what these crowdfunded if they could get the license? To do? Never mind. Um, oh, yeah, but, I know. So the one I that's mean, the the crowdfunding that the the Kickstarter that's live right now is for Eagle Force. Did you ever get any of the Eagle Force figures as as a kid? I the 1982. They were three inch. Uh, I think they were die cast originally. Well, here's the thing. First of all, I'm a little bit too young to have had them when they were active on the shelves. But I want to say, you know, when you're a kid and you go over to your friend's house and you've all got these collections of these things, how many times did you go to somebody's house and they had a bunch of G.I. Joe's and you dump them all out? And you're inevitably going to find, like, a core figure or um, some of those other sort of ancillary toy lines they had at the time. And you use them all together, and you make them other Joe characters. Right. I was thinking, <clears throat> when I first saw it, that maybe Eagle Force would be one of those. But now that you say it's diecast, I don't know if I ever saw them. All I know is that I didn't have them when I was a kid, and my friends didn't because we were too young. But man, looking at what they have planned oh, now yeah, for this modern fantastic. update, dude, I'm going to have to get in on that. This is so cool. I mean, it's like a, it's not just a G.I. Joe compatible line, but they look like characters that we can't get from the Joe line, not even from the club. And it's really cool because I can pad out my Joe team with these other characters and they can be a, 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 a separate group within the G.I. Joe organization called Eagle Force. I mean, like you get, like the, uh, you got like slaughters marauders and and uh, you know you got all these other specialty groups. Well, make Eagle Force that, or make it its own thing, or make it you know make it another military unit that does the same thing in the world, or just they're so cool looking. Yeah, I can these totally are characters see that I want to own. Yeah, totally and can see that. now I've talked to somebody that runs the, the the Eagle Force Returns Kickstarter. Now, uh, I may be able to get somebody on the show, on our show, to talk about it, but until then, 
I'm just going to admire this. The Kickstarter's live, and I think it's got like 30 days left. I haven't gotten in on it yet, but I'm going to. Kickstarters, Kickstarter support are not something I can always afford. Um, you know, because you don't even have to throw a lot of money. You just have to throw some of it, and you're helping the cause. Right. And there's times when even just a little bit is a little too much. But um, I did, there was something for the Marauder one that I did put in, and it wasn't a lot. Um, but I wanted to see it happen, not having any idea then that, oh, this is going to happen, and oh, wow, we're really never going to be able to afford these. But, um, but in that case, they're sort of, you know, you can make them troopers or you can make them characters where a lot of this Eagle Force stuff, what they're doing is, sure, they are doing some troopers, but more than that, this is a character-based line, too. Yeah. I'm all about that. I like character variety. It's one of my, it's one of my things. So, even though I can't throw a lot towards it, uh, I'm going to have to because these guys are making a toy line that if I got the chance, I would want to make. You know, they're, right. they're, they're, they're slightly futuristic, but they're very military. And the variety of characters that they're going with, and, you know, they got these little, I don't know if they're factions so much as they're little branches of, the, of, of these teams. Yes. And it's so freaking cool. Yeah, I, I, just, I have to agree with that completely. I, I am like, gonna, I am gonna throw down for probably two figures. I wish I could afford more, but I think I'm gonna have to draw the limit at two just to, just to start. Hopefully, in the future, we'll be able to, to support some more. I think one of the other Kickstarters so that's too, coming up here. Let me, let me, let me put it into perspective. It's not just the Kickstarters I can't afford, guys. The 50th anniversary Joe lines, I've got maybe half of both assortments. I've got. And some of the ones I have from the last assortment, I got them because they were on clearance, okay? The, yeah. the stuff that they got coming up this year, I'm only going to end up with about half of it because I just the funds just simply aren't there. But it, if, if it comes to supporting Eagle Force or skipping out on, on one or more of those packs, dude, I'm going to do that. You know, I think one of the things that's going to potentially hamper not just Eagle Force, but it's going to it's going to hamper everybody down the line is Eagle force is not the only Kickstarter that's going to be coming out here pretty soon. There are, I think at least through two or three other ones that just look phenomenal. One of the ones I think it's uh, Kentucky fried toys is doing is based off an old, uh, the wild west series toys that never saw the light of day. Apparently they were able to get the molds. I understand. I'm not positive on that. We'll have to see if we can get those guys on the show, too. Um, Hang on. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, give me some background. Now, I've seen the pictures. I, I've seen I've seen what they want to do. I've seen what, the, what they've got planned. But I'm unaware of what the background is on this. You said that these are things that, they, that somebody wanted to release at one point, and they never did. I thought maybe this was just a line that these guys came up with, and they said, we're going to do it in this format. Now, my understanding but, is that it's based off of uh, some toys that didn't see the light of day. I know one of the one of the problems that they were recently talking about was um, that they oh, it's chicken fried toys. Sorry, uh, that's putting this out. 
that they're. I love the name of that. Company, oh, I know. You should see the. Goal. You should see the logo. The logo is awesome. I love it. Uh, the line's going to be called Dime Store Legends, and it's going to have stuff like uh, Sharpshooter and uh, an Outlaw and an Old West. And it's a very Old West sort of thing, and it just. It, it seems like it would be a very niche market, but these figures look absolutely fantastic. They're phenomenal. I don't know. I love that bartender figure. If if I was going to throw down to any of them, just 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 for kicks, it, it and or would that be Kickstarters? <laughs> I, I think I would. I, I think I would have to go with the bartender. That's so unique. Well, of course, you know you're going to get the sheriff and the outlaw and the bounty hunter guy, but. Who the hell thinks about the bartender? Right. I'm not even a drinker. But, Mike, all right, let's put it this way. He's dressed for the Old West, but maybe my Joe team has a bar that I've just never explored before. Maybe I your don't Joe know. team originated in the 1800s. That's... Mm. But uh, well, the, the, they have an exclusive, Kickstarter exclusive, that uh, I know that uh, it's not the Lone Ranger. Not the Lone Ranger because we don't want to infringe on anybody's copyright. So it's not the Lone Ranger. It's called the Badlands Vigilante, and it it looks phenomenal. <laughs> I just, not, but uh, yeah, apparently the was Ranger, uh, they, but, they they got the mold for it, this because they have a, a stagecoach, a one eighteen scale stagecoach that they're trying to decide if they're going to be able to to fund this in this. Are you serious? Yeah, you take a look at their page, and and okay. uh, they've got a Facebook page. And just scroll down until you find it because it's. I think they're going to do. They're going to do horses. I don't know if the. We need to get these guys on the show. That's all there is to it. I agree with you. Uh, well, see, and I'm glad you educated me a little bit because I didn't realize that this was something that was planned elsewhere in there. I'm glad that somebody's taking the reins. <laughs> uh, horses. Um, I'm glad that somebody is taking this over and actually making this happen because. You know what's funny about these crowdfunding things? Now, obviously, you make cool toys, people are going to cough up money. It's more than that. You're you're making these things, and they put these things out there, and suddenly they get funded, and they get all these stretch goals, and you realize, and I, and I have to think that the people working at these companies putting these things out, this they might sometimes, sometimes I wonder if they're underestimated in demand. Well, well they're like, you know, if we get funded, great. And then you see these the, how much money they make, and they they must realize, wow, the audience the audience is definitely out there, and the demand is definitely there. And these little companies that can do this stuff is great because they don't have to deal with all the the red tape and bullshit that the big companies do. I think and it's just the a people different buying it get the benefits. Yeah, I think it's just a different type of red tape and bullshit that these guys got to deal with because they're not they're they're getting them made in China. So, I think that's a big headache for a lot of these guys from what I've seen especially with the Marauder Task Force and the Vitruvian hacks is it just they they've had to go to China a bunch of times to to get some of these problems sorted out. So, I think it's I think it's just a different flavor of bullshit for these guys and Hats off to these guys for for doing it because they're putting out stuff that people want, and that's two of the three of the the upcoming ones. There's another one that's coming up. It's called Hell Screamers, and it's very science fiction, military science fiction 
and it I am trying to see if I can sell a kidney so I can go all in on this one because this is totally up my line. Uh, I I didn't know about this until you linked me to it. You sent me the link to it over the weekend. You're like, take a look at this. Holy shit. That's amazing. It's like, I don't know if you do Citadel miniatures. I don't know if you've ever bought any of them, painted any of them. No. They got a line called, like, Warhammer yes. 4000 or something. Yep, that's it. What What these Hell Screamer things are doing, sort of taking that idea, blowing it up to the 4-inch toy scale, and they're making these crazy outlandish um like combat astronaut guys and god damn these things look amazing i never heard of it till you told me about it that's another one i'm gonna have to help fund it and and it it breaks my heart that when the when the toys start coming out i may not be able to actually get in and buy any of it but I'm, i'm i'm more than willing to help them fund it in any way but I just I know it's going to be a swift kick in all the nuts. Right. Then I may not actually be able to buy any of them because, look, when I was a kid, no, when I was a teenager, I wasn't really in the Star Brigade in the Joe line. But that was because at the time, um, I liked the Battle Corps stuff, and I'm not saying Nobody that because the of the gimmicks. Stuff. I wasn't. I, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about the Battle Corps line. And and uh, eco warriors and the eco warriors, yeah. yes, yeah. Those 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 <laughs> were the ones. And again, even when I was a kid, I was on a limited budget. I only had half, maybe half the battle core line, and I had the eco warriors. And I did have three of the Star Brigade figures, but that's because they made the Astro Viper in that teal with the gold mask, yeah. and that was way cooler than version one for me. So I bought it. And I bought Roadblock because until that moment, I never realized that I had needed Roadblock in a spacesuit in my life. Um, and then I bought it. Uh, I can't remember which version. And uh, and then I had the the sci-fi figure that came with that repaint of the Stellar Stiletto. Now, see, I would but, have liked to have had the Destro myself. Um, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, so Star Brigade for me when I was a kid was cool, but I couldn't get into it for the same reason... I couldn't do a lot of the... It's funny, because now I'm 36 years old, and I'm just as budgetary limited as I was then. Then at least I got an allowance. Now I just have work, but, you know, right. so <laughs> I, I So I'm still limited. This sucks. Um, but I, you know, I've been saying for years now, I want to see updates to Star Brigade. Well, even the club, in all the different variety of stuff that they do, they've got the license for two more years. I don't know that they're ever going to get around to doing Star Brigade because not, now, look, they did the Eco Warriors. They've done some of the Ninja Force. Uh, they've done some of the Battle Corps. Um, they've done, um, um, you know, they, they've updated a lot of, you know, the, the Iron Grenadiers and the Sky Patrol and, and all that. They've done a lot of that. I don't know in the next two years, maybe one of the figure subscription services Maybe they'll give us Roadblock or Sci-Fi, or they'll give us they'll they'll be able to do maybe one or two Star Brigade figures as an update just to get them out there. But they're not going to be able to do a lot of them. No. And and Hasbro in a million years ain't going back to space with GI Joe. They're no. not going to. No. But 
then I look at these Hell Screamer things and I'm like, oh, there's the Star Brigade update that I've been wishing for. Right. There it is. There it is. These things, they've got the detailed spacesuits. They've got the, the wicked cool sci-fi sculpting. They've got the helmets. They've got the rebreathers. They've got all the gear. And, and, and I looked at it and now I, in fact, I just, um, I had it up. In fact, I'm going to bring it back up because it's closed my window. That was dumb. Um, but I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm now I'm looking down at all these, they have a line of like, they're like these, these purple astronauts, purple and black astronauts yes. uh, with the, with the fully enclosed helmets. Now I'm looking at these and, and you know, they all, they, they, they all have their own names, but, uh, one of these things looks like it could be one of Destro's targets. Uh, one of these things is, like I said, I like Astro Viper version 2 better than version 1. But, man, compared to those, these things are a billion times better. That thing looks like it could be what the what the Astro Viper should have been. I mean, this guy, in, uh, let's see, in different colors, they have a mock-up of, 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 uh, of this astronaut in blue and one of him in green. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, Oh, there's my GI Joe star brigade. I wanted, um, and they got these sci-fi weapons that they sculpted to go with them. I mean, there's a, there's a picture of somebody. It's like a female soldier, but somebody made, uh, they, they're, they're showing for scale. this custom somebody made with this pulse rifle and Holy shit, dude. Yeah. I, I gotta support this. I know. Like I said, it's just gonna suck when I can't actually buy as much of the line as I want to because, dude, I'd like to have a whole shelf full of these things. Well, see, and I, this is where I'm worried that that the crowdfunding it's it's gonna it's all stuff that we want. There is, I would I would go full all in on the Western one myself. There's definitely a couple of the Marauder figures that I'd like. Uh, the Eagle Force, you know, I, if I had the money, there was minimum of four that I would want. You, where is what boat is everybody else in? Where's how are are these things going to be able to get financed? Because there's so many of them, I'm I'm worried that it's going to saturate the market, and not these things aren't. Everybody's not going to get them, be able to get them funded. That's my only big concern, and well, I, I'm going to hate to see that if that happens because everybody's putting out some cool stuff. Well, here's the thing. All right. Now, let's say each and every one of these that we're talking about, let's say they do all get funded. And so they get funded, and the toy company, they get all these made, they get all these things shipped out, and then they... But, I mean, that's great if they get all the initial fund and they can start the lines. But what happens if... What if... What if we're... Our, our situation... What if... All right, maybe we're not the majority, but what if we're a significant percentage of the audience for this and people realize that I want this, I want a little bit from all these lines, but I can't afford all of this stuff. I mean, I know, I know there's lucky collectors out there that they can, they can buy, they, they can buy one of all of it. They can buy multiples of all of it. And I know because there's those people that can buy like life-size Boba Fett and shit. You know, that sits in the corner of your living room, scares the crap out of all your guests. 
and hey, it's only three thousand dollars. You know that there's that the refrigerator, that, oh, the, that the freezer carbonite. door. Yeah, yeah, it's Han Solo and the carbonite. That's amazing. Not for eight thousand dollars. There's you. a uh, one to one scale Hulkbuster out there that my wife won't let me put in the backyard. It's not that your wife won't let you put it in there. It's that there's not enough money in the world to let you afford to put it back. Because you know what? She wants I bet. It. She wants it as I bet. as I do. <laughs> I bet if $10,000 fell out of the sky and hit you in the head, and she said, yes, you could go buy it, I'm sure she would let it back yeah. there. If it's, but, a, if it's a Hulkbuster, yeah, she'll let, the, she's... She has as many Hulkbuster figures as I do, quite honestly. See, so. so so that that would be that that wouldn't be a problem. But I I on the other hand, I mean, I'd really I'd really like to have uh, um um I I'd really like to have uh, a life size uh, Captain Rex. There's a there's a there's a pizza restaurant here. In Western New York, where they have a bunch of those those life size statues, like they've got Thor, uh, they've got uh, they've got the Flash, they've got Superman, um, they've got the Hulk, and dude, this thing is literally seven and a half feet tall, just like the Hulk would be. It's right there. When you go in to pay uh, to pick the food up, when you get the carry out, there's a Hulk statue in the corner, dude. It, he, you know, he's all, you know, he's pissed. He's 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 Hulk smashing and. It's this life-size thing, and every time I go in there, I always see somebody looking up at this thing like, whoa, dude, I'd love to have that Hulk, and I'd love to have a life-size Captain Rex, but unless unless the the thing, you know, that, that, that the mysterious thing out there that's supposedly watching over all of us, unless it drops one of those into my house, it ain't going to happen. Right. But it's unfortunate because I look at all these Kickstarter things, and sometimes it feels like just buying a line of these is right. just as impossible as getting a life-size Captain Rex. You know how much this sucks? I'm sitting here right now. I'm looking at these pictures of it's like a blonde, a blonde-haired astronaut with a helmet. His his spacesuit is dark blue, white, and black, and then next to him is is a different spacesuit, same color scheme, and the character is helmeted, so I can't see what the head looks like. But, dude, I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, oh, look, it's Duke and Payload, and I might be able to get those, I might not be able to get anything else, and it sucks, because even if all these things get funded, where's the point where the collectors that would have, you know, that did support a bunch of these at first... You're right. Where's the point where there's going to be too many of them, and suddenly you've got to split what money you can in between all of these lines? So if you're a completist, you can't be a completist. And if you're not, then you're going to feel like, I can't give enough support to any of these. And then you get overwhelmed. And then you think, well, you know, I wish I could, but maybe I shouldn't because I can't pick. Right. And I think you're right. I think that's a legitimate dilemma, and it sucks because I think you're right. The future of the toys that we like is gonna mostly be this. Yeah, I think so. Because and that's well, and I'll say just to, to a be. point that it's gonna exclude anything that's licensed. 
it's not going to be any of the superheroes. It's not going to be any of the um, your comic book characters, just obviously due to licensing. But who knows? That could change at some point, too. Well, I did see, you know, there's a lot of uh, old, like, pulp era superheroes. You know, because, like, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, um, before... I mean, there was DC Comics, but it didn't look like the DC that, that we have now. It's, no. You know, and, and then Marvel wasn't Marvel yet. I think it was Timely Comics. No, that was Atlas. Um, or, was it, or it was Atlas at the time. And see, the thing is, literally, comic books then cost five or ten cents, and you can literally call superheroes a dime a dozen. For every, for every comic book team... For every one superhero that you can think of now, um, all right. Now you look at the Avengers roster; it's changed a lot over the years. But imagine if you had these superheroes at, at that time in the golden age when, when these superhero teams—I think it was like the Justice Society or whatever—for DC, where it was just one of literally. Dozens upon dozens of teams of superheroes. You had where, a team for every hero we have today, pretty much. You're right. You 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 get you get a couple of solo characters now that come together as a team. But yeah, you're right. At that time, you had you had a half a dozen characters for every one that we have now, and a lot of these characters because they go back so far. They're they're not even copyrighted anymore. They're they're considered to be in the public domain. Some of them, or or they're still licensed, but the property holders license it out cheap because there's kind of a limited demand, I guess. Um, but there's a there's a toy line now. They're not they're not the they're not in the format that we buy, which is the four which the four inch you know, super articulated stuff. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're in that, maybe they're in that retro Funko style, or maybe they're the slightly bigger, like the Batman, the animated series style, you know, sort of rigid posed, but Still I can't remember. But the thing is, there's a bunch of characters in it because they're not, they're not the big superheroes. Like they're not, Marvel, they're not DC. They're 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 from other companies, and they all come together into this into this line of toys with all these crazy names from that are a lot of them are straight out of the pulp era. Oh, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, it's cool that that stuff is out there, but even that stuff is rare because you're right. These Kickstarters they they're not getting they're not getting the license from these big things, so they go after these little things, and they have their audience. And that's great, but but it's almost more exciting that some of these care some of these companies like Boss Light and uh, and and the Hell Screamer things. It is cool that they're just creating their own properties all together. Um, but then, yeah, then it's unfair if they can't find the audience that they're hoping for, and it sucks because all these things absolutely deserve to have Fully these funny, audiences. Yeah. That that they may be able to achieve, but I don't know how long it'll last, or they may not be able to achieve, and that sucks. Well, I think one of the things that's going to help 
Um, I don't know about the chicken fried toys, but I'm pretty sure I saw the Hell Screamers. And, of course, um, Boss Fight, the Trubian Hacks, are doing it. They're making what the... Well, Boss Fight's doing it now, and I think Hell Screamers is hoping to be able to do it. They're making blanks. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. I never even thought about those. You're right, Boss Fight, they did all those monotone bodies that you can literally do anything with. Like, it's a starting point for whatever character you feel like making. Yeah, I'm, I I'm forgot, using one of them I, right I now. I totally for forgot about that. Do you have any of the blanks? I do. I have... Um... I have one, I'm customizing it right now, and I'm getting a couple from Marcus. What, which one do you have, and what are you doing with it? I have a, a, the gray female, and I've painted it um, different shades of orange, and added wings from the 25th um, Nemesis Enforcer, and I'm making a fire ele- a female fire elemental. Oh, cool. I'm going to, I have a work in progress picture up on my customizing page. Um, the, uh, is that, um, um, I, uh, I'm going to, I have a couple other things planned for it, but I don't want to spoil the surprise. Oh, no, no. And I'm not asking. I was just curious which one you got in on because like they had a, like they had a, well, and they put them in. I mean, like, there's some crazy colors. Like, I think there's a, like, a neon green one or something. Well, that um, one glows and, in the dark. I got those. I did. I did pick up a couple of the the more colorful ones. The the there's a set that glows in the dark, and I did pick up the the that pack. And then there was one that uh, they're translucent blue with uh, silver stars painted on them. So they're like the nice guy, cool. and they are. They're phenomenal. I I. Don't I, I'm think. not not customizing them at all. I'm just putting them up on. I have a, a display cabinet that I put just some of my favorite toys from various scales. And that's where those where those two are going. They're in that man. They people don't make enough glow in the dark toys anymore. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it, it's true. It is a gimmick. It, it is an old timey gimmick, and and it's one that's it's always been amazing. Two selling points for me, even when I was a kid, and and now it's the same thing. Back metalized chrome yeah. and or glow in the dark. Yeah, no, I, I um, it's it's funny that you should say that because now that I think about that, it's like how many glow in the dark things did I have as a kid? I had a shitload. Oh yeah, in fact, some of those little stupid toys, um, you know, that didn't move or anything, they were just. Like, they were just sculpted to look like these crazy characters. Uh, you know, I, I get packs of them, you know, like KB or whatever, just because they glow in the dark. Well, I think, matter. like, it every just, other toy out of, a, uh, out of a breakfast cereal glowed in the dark back then, too. That's right. And then sometimes you go you go to the, the vending machine, you get the little, put the coin in, get the bubble thing out, and you get a glow-in-the-dark figure. In That's fact, point. um... Now that I uh, now that I think about it, look, even the G.I. Joe line, the figures didn't glow. Look at the Night Force vehicles. Yeah. They had glow-in-the-dark decals. So the Night Force logo, turn the lights off, and the Night Force logo still stands out. That's freaking that. cool. So we had and, you know, about, it's that? cool because my kids, they love glow-in-the-dark stuff. And I love 
that watching my kids do this, like they go for some of the same gimmicks we did. And I know someday they'll grow up, they'll have their own kids, my grandkids, they'll go after some of the, I mean, literally 40 years from now, I could have a new line of glow-in-the-dark toys because my grandkids bought them to me. So, cool. so we, we kind of touched, we, we talked about this a lot last week, and I think it's kind of an interesting segue. We talked about, so this week, the future of toys that we want are crowdfunded, and I made the point that it's not stuff that's licensed, so stuff that's licensed, we talked about it last week, bootlegs. <laughs> so, all right. So, explain the bootleg Iron Man and War Machine. I'm, I'm very curious about this. I got uh, so I mentioned that I had picked up from China the uh, bootleg uh, Iron Man, and I think it's the most recent armor. I think that's the Mark Forty Six and the War Machine Mark Three. They are Marvel Legends scale, and they came in the mail today. And. Uh, they are awesome figures. They, uh, what's the, what's the deal with them? The like, I mean, machine? I mean, what do they look like specifically? And then, and then, uh, like, are they movie colors or are they like totally? Uh, okay, the, so the, so, but they're just bootlegs. Let me guess, Marvel, Mar- Marvel Legend line doesn't have these, but this other company's making them, so. You have to have them for the collection. Uh, they do make... There is a, a Mark 40... I think... Uh, I don't know. I lost track of 46 maybe now. Uh, <laughs> 46, yeah, because 43 would have been the one before the War Machine... Or the one before the Hulkbuster, because that's 40... Yeah, so this would be Mark 46. Uh, it is... It's red and gold. Uh, it is gloss painted. So, I mean, it's it looks really nice. Uh, it, it's... Very well articulated, so ball joint, neck, uh, shoulders, and hips, uh, swivel at the uh, bicep for the arm, uh, single, no, double articulated elbow, swivel wrists, mid-chest articulation, and double knees and ankle articulation on these. The sculpting so- is phenomenal. The paint job is exceptional. I, I find no no... Well, I would say no, you know, like on Marvel stuff, you, you have to kind of decide, especially in like the Marvel Universe figures is, or even the Star Wars ones, is which is painted the best. Dude, I got to the point when I was buying stuff all the time, I got to the point where sometimes I was real leery to order stuff. Oh, like, yeah. To, 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 to order it off Big Bad Toy Store because, and sometimes you get it and you're excited that you actually got the thing, but then you're looking, you're like, well, even if the paint job not is not outright crap, you might get a flaw or something, like the face isn't painted right, yeah, or a, the, the eyes are wonky, yeah. or, 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 <laughs> or like the hairline, it drives me nuts when yeah. you see a figure and the, the, the paint off. mask doesn't cover the hair properly. Yeah. So, and I got leery of ordering this stuff because sometimes you get it, you're like, that doesn't, it's not painted very well. And then if, if, if later, if you got lucky enough to find it in the store and they had more than one, then you could compare and contrast the, uh, the, the paint jobs and you can pick the better one. I mean, even when I was looking at the, the 50th anniversary Joe's, you know, if they had more than a set, 
like that that like that three pack with uh, with Bazooka, Dusty, and who was the other one? I don't know. Whatever. The, whatever. Oh, Firefly, dude! I had to pick up multiples of those to even find one where the paint jobs were decent on all three. And what it really came down to was Dusty's the best, Bazooka's almost the best, and Firefly is, well, better than the one in that set deck. And that's um, pathetic. And neither of these neither of these figures suffer from that. Um, they're made with real soft plastic, so they're not gonna they're not gonna break, but you can definitely tell the it's not probably the quality of plastic that you're used to in the Marvel Legends line. The uh gun the shoulder gun for the war machine uh to have it point up it pegs into the back on the left shoulder to have it po- point forward it has to peg into the right shoulder so i mean there's you know there's definitely <laughs> some uh some uh, it's quirky but that's some of the charm yeah totally um the war machine for the for the paint job it does have the the 003 on each of the biceps and it does have the stars uh, and the Air Force logo painted on the shoulders, but it doesn't have like the Colonel James Rhodes painted on the on the chest like the has like the Hasbro Legends figure does. Oh, you 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 don't have the weird marks on the forehead, right? Like sometimes you see the auctions for these for these uh, for these bootlegs, but or the production pieces where they have a marker on the face or they have a something cut into it to to let you know it was a. So you know you got you got the faces all jacked up, but the rest of it's okay. So a little mispainted, but that's okay. Yeah, um, none, none of that. Uh, there's a is, there's a couple couple of spots on the right side of the forehead on the war machine, but I mean it's it's hardly noticeable. I mean I haven't even noticed it until now, and I've been playing with these things for the last half an hour. Well, let's put it this way: they're certainly no worse than what you'd probably find. On the toy show, because I have looked at the Marvel Legend stuff, dude. Some of those are not well painted. No, and for for a line of toys that's that detailed, that costs literally between twenty and twenty four dollars per figure. I'm sorry, there's no excuse to have jacked up paint apps, especially if it's anywhere above the neck. I don't care if it's helmeted or if it's a human face. There's no reason why they shouldn't have super tight, clean paint apps when you're paying twenty bucks to get one character. Uh, and twenty bucks if you're lucky. I think uh, Marvel well, Legends I, and, are going and for I'm talking twenty bucks if you're buying it at Target. Uh, yeah. If you're buying it on the secondary market, it's probably or twice if you're that. buying it, or, or if you're, what about like Toys R Us? They have exclusives. Yeah. They always charge more. They do. Um. So. So they're individual, I mean, they're little three and three quarter inch two packs that they've got. I think there's one with, I don't know, is it Black Panther and... Yeah, Agent 13. Cap? Yeah, or, or, or that's right, there, there's one with, dude, I looked at those, they're very cool. $30 for two three and three quarter inch action figures are you fucking crazy. Yeah, I picked up the Iron Man pack, needless to say, but I was disappointed no. that, Wait, you know, I had were, to get the... Were they 30? Maybe they were 25. Yeah. You know what? I just know that it is wholly unreasonable that just because it's exclusive, 
to Toys R Us that they're charging that they're charging an arm and a leg well, like that, that just because nobody else can carry it. That three Dude, and three I'm quarter s- inch Falcon is twenty five bucks. Are you serious? Nope. The single carded that one with the the big wings. Yeah, I I I've been wanting to pick it up, but I'm like, I don't want to drop 25 bucks on one figure. And for these two bootleg figures, I got them for eight bucks a piece. Dude, I'm sorry, that's fucking crazy. With I can't believe eight it. Bucks shipping. One figure for 25. I- I'm so what? Yeah. I mean, I get it if it's on the secondary market or you're buying it from <coughs> Brian's Toys or something. But I'm sorry, on the retail shelf. Uh that's crazy. Well, the two-pack with the Denver Broncos, Iron Man, and, and the War Machine, how much was that? I think that was 40 And you realized it would have been 50 if it was exclusive to Toys R Us. Yeah. I mean... It was exclusive to Target, so kind of got lucky on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, well, at least with Target, at least you know that, that they're exclusives. They're usually pretty much on par with the rest of the toy line. Like, yeah, I'd say that with Walmart too, because I know the Marvel Legends has uh, two exclusives for Civil War, and it's uh, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. Um, I yeah, because there was the Black Series Star Wars figures. They're about twenty bucks at Target. They had a two pack with Poe Dameron and. The crowd control stormtrooper that was only forty. Um, wait a minute, Walmart's got the Winter Soldier and Falcon as exclusives. Yeah, they're core members of Cap's group in the movie. Why are those characters exclusive to anywhere? I like, don't know. I haven't figured that one out myself. I'm just I mean, glad it wasn't a warm. Uh, just I'm just glad it wasn't an Iron Man figure because anything that's exclusive, well, people's gotta. <clears throat> Hunt that down uh, yeah. and scalp it. Like the uh, Walgreens uh, has a... Walgreens. Walgreens. Hello, Walgreens. Has been huge for exclusives this year. They had the uh, exclusive Agent Venom. And uh, they have a Namor that's exclusive. And uh, the Jim Lee Punisher. What the hell? Wait a minute. What's the, what's the deal with the Jim Lee Punisher? Uh, it's uh, a Marvel Legends figure based off Jim Lee art. Oh, okay. Um, well, oh, that's right, because, I don't know, a year or two ago, they had, a, I think it was a six-inch Black Series Boba Fett. Yeah, I think the, it was uh, in, the, in the white prototype, prototype. outfit. So, yeah, um, that's a fourth exclusive. I forgot about that, but you're absolutely right. That was exclusive to Walgreens. Walgreens, dude. What the hell? Yeah, well, well no, because a, a couple of months ago, I was in there, and they had... I was just looking, I was waiting for a prescription, and I go over and I look at the toys. They had Marvel Legends. I think it was the the yellow and brown suit Daredevil. I think that was exclusive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, on that. And then I think there was an, I think there was an, it was, it was like a comic book style Ant-Man figure. But hmm. I think it was painted in the color scheme. Uh, it was like the crimson and black bodysuit with the silver helmet. But I think it was the comic style in the movie colors for the Ant-Man movie, and I think that was exclusive. And I'm like, what the hell? 
who the hell decided that Walgreens needed, and how much is Walgreens paying to get these exclusives? That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. So, we're almost at two hours, so we're going to kind of finish it off tonight with uh, JD had a soapbox that he wanted to get up on. and uh, One of the things I teach, as most people know, I'm a paramedic, and I, I do a lot of teaching. And one of the things that I try and instill in my students is mutual respect. And I think JD's got it. Um, his soapbox is, is well-deserved, so I'm going to let him rant on this, and I'm probably going to agree with just about everything he says. Well, all right, geeks listening to this, geeks not listening to this, but possibly passing word on uh, to other potential listeners, hey, please do, please advertise us. But (laughs) if, you know what, your fandom, my fandom, Brian's fandom, are not better than anybody else's fandom. Geeks having these pissing contests where they want to out-geek each other or prove that they're the bigger fans of a property, knock it the fuck off. You are not entitled to tell anybody else that they're not a big enough fan or that they're... Or that their uh, their interests or their opinions are any more or less valid than yours. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You cannot. You cannot. You know the old saying is, "You can't." Uh, people's opinions can't be wrong. You know what? Neither can the way people's fandoms manifest. It's not wrong. It might not appeal to you, and you might not agree with it, or you might not see it that way, but somebody else does. Shut up. Well, I think our female fans have a lot of, have a a significant problem with that as well. You know what? It's, anyway, it's true. It's it's in all fandoms. It's It's for all properties. But you have these people that are always right, that feel the need to tell everybody else, not necessarily that they're wrong, but but that they are somehow flawed in what they're <clears throat> shut up. You are not a better fan than anybody else. Okay. I <clears throat> there's no reason why you should be able to question the credibility of anybody else's fandom. And think that that's okay. Or worse, not think anything of it. Okay, you might be an expert on one subject or another. And you might not know a lot about another subject. But that other subject you don't know about, trust me, there's somebody else out there that's exactly the same kind of expert as you are on properties one and two. Well, your third property that not so much. Well, you know what? They're more of an expert on property three than you are on property one or two. And that's okay. There is nothing wrong with only, you know what? There's people that, that, that decry other Marvel fans because they've never read the comics. They only like the movies. So the fuck what? Look, 
I've never read any of Tolkien's stuff, but I am a huge fan of Middle Earth because of the movies. When I, if I get they sick had of the, uh... not made those movies, I would not know anything about Tolkien. And it's not because I don't like to read or I can't read or any of that. No, I didn't know what they were until the Fellowship of the Ring was released, okay? The Marvel Cinematic Universe is bringing in a lot of characters that nobody has ever heard of if they didn't read the comic books, but that's giving these characters New life. a notoriety that they simply didn't have before, and just because you read all the comics doesn't mean you can get pissed off at another Marvel fan because they didn't read it. Well, and this Shut whole Marvel and DC up. Flame Wars thing, just, that's my, that <coughs> sets my teeth on edge. It's like, you know, you see all these people that are DC fans and Marvel... Marvel sucks, yeah, and, and then Marvel, all the Marvel fans, fans say are, DC sucks. Shut up! No, it doesn't. You know, just because everybody should just be happy, and I said this last week, every should, everybody should just be happy that each property's movie is doing well because that's what the studios are looking at. They're looking at to see the box office numbers. They don't care if if they don't care about who who or what Doctor Strange is or how well it relates to the comic books. They just know it's going to clean up because comic book movies are doing real well and Benedict Cumberpatch is a popular actor right now. Exactly. And you know what? And they're going to see that and more comic book movies are going to get made on both sides you know, of that fence. You know what? Kevin Feige and the people at Marvel Studios, they care about Doctor Strange. The shareholders at Disney that help fund these movies don't care about Doctor Strange, but they do care about the money that it makes. And that's great because if, if, if the rumors or if the speculation of any kind is true, that it's possible, and I'm hoping so, that that movie may, may possibly have a cameo by Brother Voodoo or, um, oh, what the hell's her name? The Runaway Chick. I can't remember oh, off the top of my yeah. head now. I um, can't do it either. Her, oh, God damn it. I'm actually going to have to look that up in a second. Um, <laughs> there's speculation that they may have cameos in the Doctor Strange movie. What's a cameo mean in a Marvel movie? It usually means you get a little part here, and then the next movie you're going to get a bigger part, right? Well, then there's, there's these fans that like to say, there's these fans that say, more characters, more characters, more characters. More. And then there's other fans that say, why are you bothering to put these stupid characters in there when there's all these other characters that they could use instead? Shut up. They're putting the characters in that they want to put in. Either they think they think that these are the best choices for the movie, or maybe somebody making that movie just happens to be a fan of them. Maybe somebody making Doctor Strange happens to be a massive geek over Brother Voodoo. So, if they're going to put him in the movie, they're doing it just because of that. Okay, or in 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 the Marvels, um, in uh, or excuse me, in Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. I personally, I think it was kind of goofy that they brought Jimmy Olsen into it just to make him like a wartime like contractor for the and then they killed him. Yeah, okay, whatever. That's far 
from what I would have done. That's not what I think they should have done, but that is what they chose to do. And that choice is no less valid than reading Superman comics in the 90s where Superman, or, or uh, where Jimmy Olsen was on a TV show dressed as a turtle in, in, a, in, in a goofy-looking costume. And you can't decry the fans that make these choices just because they're not the champ. You know what? You know what my least favorite thing is right now? <clears throat> Every time somebody, there's casting news for one of these movies, for every one person, and not just casting news, but costuming choices and and plot choices and character choices, for every one person that says, oh, that's great, you got six or seven other loudmouth fanboys that are just have to piss all over it, just yeah. have to rip it up, and just have to decry it just because they can. And you know what? In a lot of cases, you know what? You're going to end up seeing it anyways. And, and like, just the other day, maybe yesterday, I posted on, the, on our group page for General Geekery the very first set photos of the Shocker. Now, I'm excited because the Shocker is going to be in a live-action movie. Never thought that would happen. No. <clears throat> just like Cat fans never would have dreamed that Batrock the Leaper, would have ever been. In a, in a live-action movie. Well, I was but surprised. Was. I was just happy we got Winter Soldier. I thought that was just amazing that they yeah. went straight and, to that on the second movie. Yeah, no kidding. Because you would have thought, uh-huh, in a few movies, maybe they'll get to him. No, they got to him right then. Yep. But, you know, people are like, ooh, the Shocker's uniform looks so stupid. <laughs> would you rather have the wrestling out for, from the comics? No. No, you wouldn't. Trust me. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, and then if you want to scream and rant about how stupid it looks, that's up to you. But the fans like me who said, oh, that's an excellent, practical, cinematic style update to what the Shocker wears in the comic. Because let's face it, in the comic, he's head to toe yellow with a brown leotard over his torso and and Black brown yeah brown boots okay in this movie he's wearing like I don't know it, it looks like sort of a yellow like those athletic sort of you know the the, the skin type but they breathe you know that, that type of under armor and then he's got uh, yeah thank you he's got it's not quite under armor but it's along those lines and then he's got like a like a tan flak vest, and 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 then he's he wears like sunglasses. Dude, that's a cool practical update. Now, not everybody has to agree with that, but stop telling other fans that they are stupid for actually liking it. <clears throat> stop telling people or stop believing that your ideas. And your opinions mean more than everybody else's just because you don't agree with it. All these people that are screaming for Disney to bring the expanded universe back for Star Wars, that's fine. You can think that. But you have no right to then go and tell everybody who likes the canon, the new canon, that they're wrong 
for not wanting the expanded universe back. You, you're not a you, you know what? You're not right when you tell somebody else that their decision is stupid, and your only defense is that's not how I would have done it. Yeah. Fuck you. Well, like I you was saying, what? I think the the female fans they bear a huge brunt of that. Yeah, my my wife absolutely oh. hates. Gwen Stacy and people give her shit for that and you know why she hates Gwen Stacy because she's read the first hundred issues of Spider-Man and so she, she has, knows who the character is yeah she has a license to hate the character um she's a huge Doctor Who fan she's read all of the all of the token books she has as many Iron Man Hulkbuster figures as I do she's probably read every one of the Star Trek novels. Um, she's read all of the John Carter of Mars books several times. Oh, John Carter of Mars. Never heard of that till they made a movie. Right. Okay. Um, but, and then you can decry the movie if you want to, but you can't say it was the worst thing ever when there's other movies that you might like that somebody else who loves John Carter might say your movie was the worst thing ever. Right. I mean, personally, what I really wish would happen is stop having the fanboy pissing contests. You're not right. They're not wrong just because you don't want to be wrong and you don't want them to be right. We live That's in a golden not how age. This works. We live in the golden age of geek right now. <clears throat> when we got beat up as kids because we read comic books and we told them, you know what, someday we're going to rule the world. Guess what? Yeah. That time is I now. Mean, Look at the most popular movies. They're all sci-fi and comic book movies. The TV same thing with the TV shows, all the you know, TV shows and books and Everything, it, geek is huge. It's the it's just a joy that we are living in the golden age of nerd right now. Well, you know, sometimes, sometimes even we can be humbled. Okay, I remember back when they first announced the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. I never heard of Guardians of the Galaxy until that announcement, and even then, I had to go look it up. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Um, then I saw the picture. I'm like. Rocket Raccoon. Um, okay. Um, I'm like, well, that's, well, that's an interesting way to go with it. And, and, and the tree, that wasn't the weirdest thing for me. The weirdest thing for me was, was I, I looked at all these characters. I'm like, and then I, I looked at the history. I'm like, wow, some of these characters have literally been around for 30 years. Yeah. But when I was growing up, reading comics, I never got into any of the cosmic stuff. So I didn't know who they were. Now they announced it and we did a podcast and we were talking about it. I'm like, I don't get it. What what's with the rocket? What's what's with the machine gun? There are the space gun toting uh raccoon. That seems really goofy. Now on our very own podcast, we had Craig Moore from the Floosh cast on with us and boy, did he stop me in my track, and I'm glad he did, because I said, I don't understand, that seems like a really goofy thing to do, 
And he said, on this show, weren't you just talking about the Ninja Turtles? <laughs> Mike dropped. I could not disparage it anymore because I hadn't thought about it, but he's right. The giant talking turtles are no more or less stupid than the gun-toting space raccoon. And you know what? The fact is, there is is room in, in the world for everybody's fandom to coexist without anybody's fandom being called into question. I don't like The Walking Dead. I gave up on the show partway into the third season. As did I. Because it made me feel like The Walking Dead. I was so terminally bored by all of the humdrum characters that I was seeing that I gave up on it. But I fully support that that show is still going because the audience, other than losing me and some other people here along the way, Their audience hasn't diminished, and it ain't my thing, but I'm glad for the people that love it that it's still going strong. Um, Because, you know what, in this time that we live in, we don't know how long we have with any of these properties, okay? Um, I I was dismayed when, uh, after just a... um, after just a couple of seasons, we've all been dismayed when all of a sudden this show that you loved comes to an end and there's no, there's no getting it back. Firefly. Thank you. Firefly. I mean, look how many years since that was taken off and people are still screaming about it because they love it. But, and who couldn't, I mean, the theme song alone is enough to get you addicted to it, but You know, there's recent shows that sometimes they get called off or, you know, they get yanked and you're like, well, why? But, but that's just because the passionate fans want it back. But then even the whole time, and then there's always those people like, oh, I'm I'm so glad it got canceled. Well, I think a perfect example of that's the Star Trek, the original series. I was watching a special on that couple nights ago on the Smithsonian Channel because they were, t- it's the 50th anniversary of Star Trek and they were talking about how Gene Roddenberry had a hell of a time keeping that on the air. Um, and and it was thanks to the fans that they got a, a third season. I was going to say, wasn't there like a giant letter writing campaign and yeah. shit? That, that he got sent the- out letters to everybody, to anybody that had written in to say that they liked the show. They took the addresses off of those letters and uh, mailed each one of those person people back uh, a letter saying, please write the studio because they're going to cancel the show. Huh. And, and they well, had a, see, there you go. They had a march, uh, you know what? march on NBC. That... They had a protest. and <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, it's... It, well... Even, even Star Trek had that problem. Well, okay, go back. Now, I... I've never read any of the Sherlock Holmes books. I have seen the, the, the Benedict Cumberbatch TV show, and I really like it. Brian's read all of those books. Imagine, imagine living, imagine being the people that we are right now, but there is no internet because it's 100 years ago, and you're excited because a new Sherlock book came out, and 
what the fuck did Arthur Conan Doyle just do? Did he just seriously kill off he killed Sherlock off. Holmes? He did. That he- was a huge... In, 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 in the fanboys of 100 years ago that love Sherlock, they inundated the publisher <clears throat> with screaming letters about how could he kill off Sherlock Holmes? How could you let him kill off Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. Why would he ever do that? He's the greatest character that's ever been written in literature. But you know what? The fact is, those were passionate fans that were mad that, that the character went away. But we didn't have the dissenting voices then where you could get the people that were <laughs> got canceled. Fuck you, you're glad it got canceled. You know what my favorite is? <clears throat> I'm not I'm not a, a drooling fanboy over Agents of Shield. I tried to be for a while. Last couple seasons, you know what? I like it more when I can binge watch it all all you know, all at once when it's on Netflix. I find it hard to watch week to week, but I like the show, and I'm glad that it's out there, but it cracks me up because every time you see news about it posted on one of these comic book sites, it'll be a summary for the next episode. Cue the screaming fanboys that are like, oh, this show sucks so much. Why don't they just fucking cancel it? Okay. First of all, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Why are you reading about it? Yeah. Then, why are you taking the point? Why are you making the time to comment on it just to disparage it? Why are you even bothering? You know what? If I don't like a movie or I don't like a TV show, I don't make it a point to comment to say how much it sucks. I don't even read the story. Okay? If you don't, if, if, if you think that, that, that the cast of, of this upcoming Spider-Man Homecoming movie sucks, stop reading about it. Stop going on just to scream about how you disagree with everybody that's being cast. Shut the fuck up. First of all, it's somebody else's vision. It's what they want to do because they think it'll work. Um... There's no reason that they can't make changes to the characters because that's what you do. Um, and, and beyond all of that, if you really just disagree with something, say you disagree with it and move the fuck on. Right. Find something that you actually like, that you're actually happy about. How many more years can people scream about this same shit over and over and over before you just decide that you've said enough and you're done ripping apart other people's fandoms. Shut up. Yeah. And I I think, I think that's, I think that is very well said and, and man, we've gone over our two hours again. (laughs) So I'm going to, this is going to be a thing. Yeah. I'm going to uh, just say thank you one more time for uh, John for coming on the show. And please check out his website at farawaypress.com. Uh, and I have to apologize to Brian for overtaking some of that conversation. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. Um, uh, hopefully this will be, a, um, hopefully be a, 
a precedent for our show. We can get start getting people like this on the show. If you guys have people that you want to hear us uh, interview, uh, hey. give, give us some feedback on our Facebook page. Um, I'm, we're going we're gonna to try I, and get I, these yeah. Kickstarter guys on the show. <laughs> if we've missed any of these Kickstarters that you know about, let us know about it. Let oh, us... yeah, by all means, shed some light. Like I said, I didn't know what the Hell Screamers thing was. Brian told me about it. If you guys know of action figure Kickstarters that we haven't covered, chances are it's not because we forgot about it. We may not know about it. And, uh, so, you know, we did this when I, we had the old podcast. If there's stuff that you want to hear us <laughs> talk about, let us know. Yeah, I mean, if there's geeky stuff that, that, that it seems like we should be talking about that we're not, maybe it just remind us. I mean, I... You know what? I'm glad that we we have all the likes on the page that we did. Yeah, I have thank to admit, you guys for that. I, I, we're blown I, I away. Really, I really, I enjoyed the the shock that 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 basically went through when people were like, oh my god, they're actually really wow. Okay, <laughs> I got a kick out of that, but I have to say thank you for it because it tells me that you guys liked what we were doing before, and I'm gonna. And we're going to try to do that again. And if you want to spread the word about the show, awesome. I mean, that that helps. Um, I always want to have guests on. Yeah, you know, definitely. it's or I don't mean I want to have guests every episode. I mean, I'm always up to have other people on the show because I want to hear about their stuff. I want to hear about their, you know, their, their, you know, whatever they want to know what their I, general geekery is. Exactly. I want to cover as many geeky things as we can. So, thanks for the support that we've got so far. Uh, thanks for the support we're going to have later. And, and um, Brian, thanks for the conversation. i, I, I got to learn to shut up a little bit. but <laughs> Just let me get in there once in a while. That's all I ask. Um, Alright, we're going to call that a show and uh, stay tuned next week because we're don't know what we're going to do next week. So it's going to be as big surprises as this to you, to you as it is us. So thanks for listening and tune in next time.